fasten your seatbelt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. It is the 30-something movie podcast tonight, or what, to, it could be the morning, I guess, if you're driving to work and listening to this. Either way, today's episode is going to be a mad, 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 mad podcast. And speaking of madness, Dennis, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not mad at all. You're not mad at all? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not mad. Not mad at all. I'm mad. You, you mad, bro? Um, <laughs> oh, little man. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Dude, we got two days left to school. Of course, we're mad. Of course, I mean, mad. come on. Yeah. Was a, a retort. <laughs> Patrick. Hi, everybody. Are you mad? <laughs> yeah, I suppose I am. I no. guess I don't know. <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always mad. That's my secret. I'm always mad. Yeah. No, I'm like I'm like 80% excited and 20% scared. Or maybe I'm like 20% scared and 80% excited. That's the thing. I just, I don't know. I screwed up that quote. I messed the percentages up somehow. It was my understanding that there would be no math. <laughs> that's, that's one you can't mess up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Man, Pat's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis is awesome. awesome. And Pat doesn't refer to the word mad. It's called in the red. <laughs> Yeah, red. that's right. I'm in the red today, guys. I'm in the red. Like a race car. In the, I'm a mushroom cloud. Race car in the red. Yeah, yeah. Um, Superfly TNT. Um, the guns of the Navarone. That's right, man. Well, our episode this time around is, if you haven't figured it out already, it is "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World" from 1963. So, as you can probably also tell, uh, this one's a little more than 30 years old. This one was a request from one of our Patreon subscribers, uh, co-executive producers, Podrick from Ireland. Um, so Podrick is going to be joining us on this episode, uh, but we wanted to just take a little bit of time and uh, we, we watched this movie. Um, for some of us, it was our first time watching it. Um, for some of us that are older than dirt, we'd seen it before. Um, <laughs> and here it comes. Dennis. Now I, I'm mad. I, I love you, Dennis. Now I'm mad. Okay. No. Okay. All right. I love you too. Okay. All right. Um, so real quickly, we, I mean, the movie is like, it's 1963. So we, we're going to spoil freely. We're not going to like hold back spoilers on a movie that's older than all of us. Um, and then visit our website. But, I, but I'm going to interrupt and I'm going to say oh, yeah. though, there, <laughs> there is spoiler. And we're obviously going to have spoilers here, but my suggestion is if you trust us or at least trust me, if you trust me, Pause, pause the podcast. Pause the podcast. 
Go watch the movie. It's on Amazon right now. And then come back and watch the podcast. I'm oh, yeah. just going to say that. Yeah. It definitely, yes. it definitely needs to be watched first. Because we're going to, I mean, this movie, depending on which version of this movie you see, because there's about three different versions floating around out there. Um, really? Yeah. One is like a little over two and a half hours. The other one really? is a little under three hours. And another one is like a little over three hours. Go for the over three. More. Go yeah. for the more. Yeah. Yeah. More, more movie, more better. More movie. More, more better. There you go. I actually think the one that's on Amazon is the like two hours and 48 minute version. But there is one floating around that is like, I want to say it's the criterion version and it's like three hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. Which, which even beyond that, the original cut of this movie before the studio started, uh, you know, according to the director interfering with it was, uh, it was about five hours long. Yeah. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) When you get a five-hour movie, do you have, like, two intermissions? Uh, you may. I would think so. I would think you would. I don't know. I can't think of a – has there been a five-hour movie that they've shown in theaters? How long was Gandhi? Ooh, that wasn't – I think it was four. Oh, it was four? Okay. All right. I, I think. I'm not positive. But How long was The Room? I do remember this. I do remember this one getting it on DVD when we saw it with the kids, and oh. uh, I do remember we had to – was it a pop two- out one DVD and I, put the other DVD? I was gonna say, was it a two sided or a two disc? Yeah, it was. A, it was a, either flip it over or a two disc. It was okay. one of the two. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. I so this is our movie this time around. Um, is Mad Mad Mad? It's a Mad 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 World. And I always gotta remember, did I get enough Mads in there? But I think I did. Um, everybody gets it, whether I did or not. Visit our website, 30podcast.com. You can leave a rating, leave a voicemail, uh, become a co-executive producer via Patreon so you too can give us some suggestions on movies we should watch. Um, And there's other bonus content over there as well. Right now we've got um, once a month, we've got special episodes for our co-executive producers over there on Patreon. And uh, I don't think I've announced this yet. I'm actually going to try to start doing some other little bonus mini episodes over there as well. Maybe talking about uh, newer movies or some of the movies that are on our list that we just could not get to because we didn't have time for it. Um, so I'm kind of looking at, I can give a little bit of a heads up here, if people are interested in grabbing some more of that bonus content. Um, just looking ahead to this year, I went to go see Doctor Strange too, so I might do a little mini episode on that. Planning on mm-hmm. going to see Top Gun Maverick, so I'm going to do a little mini episode on that. Um, plan to do a little mini episode on the Obi-Wan Kenobi show once there's three episodes finished, uh, which I think is halfway through the season. Um, and then the last three, once that's done, the new Thor movie, um, and then some of the other ones I've got on my little list of mini episodes that we won't do full episodes of. Um, I've got Creep Show, and all of these are from uh, 82, so ones that would be reaching their 40th. Uh, yeah. some, some of the 80s ones that we missed just because we weren't doing the podcast then. Uh, Creep Show, Airplane 2, Rocky 3, uh, Conan the Barbarian. So probably going to throw out some little mini episodes there. And those will be like little 10, 15-minute deals that will be thrown over on Patreon. So, Oh, fun. So lots and lots of bonus content with more bonus content to come. So head on over there if you want to get some of that. All right. I think that's all I got. So we'll go ahead and jump on into our movie this time around in our Trivia Pursuits section. Uh, the movie this time is It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Came out on the 7th of November, 1963, rated G, with a runtime, uh, at least one of the versions that we watched, runtime of three hours and 30 minutes, directed by Stanley Kramer. 
I'm not going to list. Usually I list all the years that, that all these people died, but everyone except for one actress uh, is dead from this movie. So I'm not going to take the time to go through and list the years that everyone passed away because they're all gone. Uh, Stanley Kramer was the director. He also directed Inherit the Wind and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Writers for this one were William Rose and Tanya Rose. William Rose wrote The Lady Killers and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Tanya Rose wrote Touch and Go. Uh, producer Stanley Kramer was also a producer on this one. He produced Judgment at Nuremberg and Ship of Fools. <laughs> Music was done by Ernest Gold. He did On the Beach and The Midnight Sky. Cinematography by Ernest Laszlo. He did Logan's Run and Inherit the Wind. Editors were Gene Fowler Jr., who did editing on the TV series Rawhide. Robert C. Jones, who did editing on the movie Love Story. And Frederick Knudsen, who did editing on Inherit the Wind. Budget for this one was 9.4 million. Box office was 60 million. Flick Metrics gives it a 69%, dudes. And Cinema Score did not exist at the time, so there's no Cinema Score for that one. <coughs> Starring Spencer Tracy. So this is going to be a long list of people. Because and I'm not. We'll publish know. it. We'll have an intermission. Yeah, in we'll do an intermission. <laughs> we'll do an intermission in the middle of the, the list. Uh, Spencer Tracy was Captain T. G. Culpepper. He was in Judgment in Nuremberg, and guess who's coming to dinner? Milton Berle was J. Russell Finch. He was in the Muppet movie and the Oscar. Sid Caesar was Melville Crump. He was in Greece and History of the World Part One. Buddy Hackett was Benji Benjamin. He was in The Little Mermaid and The Love Bug. Ethel Merman was Mrs. Marcus. She was in Airplane and Call Me Madam. Mickey Rooney was Ding Bell. He was in Breakfast at Tiffany's and Night at the Museum. Dick Sean was Sylvester Marcus. He was in The Producers and Batman and Robin. Phil Silvers played Otto Meyer. He was in A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum and The Phil Silvers Show. Terry Thomas played J. Algernon Hawthorne. He was in Robin Hood and School for Scoundrels. Intermission. I'm going to insert the, uh, who sings that? Is that The Offspring? It has a song called Intermission. I, don't I think they do. I'm going to put that in right here. All right. Jonathan Winters played Lenny Pike. He was in The Smurfs and Mork and Mindy. Edie Adams played Monica Crump. She was in Up in Smoke and The Oscar. Dorothy Provine played Emmeline Marcus Finch. She was in The Great Race and That Darn Cat. Peter Falk was a cab driver. He was in Columbo and The Princess Bride. Buster Keaton was Jimmy the Crook. He was in The General and Seven Chances. Don Knotts was the nervous motorist. He was in The Andy Griffith Show and Three's Company. Carl Reiner was the tower controller at Rancho Caneo Airport. He was in Ocean's Eleven and The Jerk. And Jimmy Durante was Smiler Grogan. He was in The Man Who Came to Dinner and The Cuban Love Song. The story began, I don't even know how you sum up this story, but I copied and pasted this from somewhere on the internet. Uh, the story begins during a massive traffic jam caused by reckless driver Smiler Grogan, who, before kicking the bucket, literally, <laughs> cryptically tells the assembled drivers that he's buried a fortune in stolen loot under the big W. All of the motorists set out to find the fortune. A United Airlines jet lands in Los Angeles, launching the biggest entertainment airlift in motion picture history. The world's press, some 300 newsmen from four continents, arrive for the Hollywood premiere of Stanley Kramer's There was a certain amount of money buried down in this park. Now, I suggest that we quietly get into our cars, and then when we get down there, we dig up the money, providing that there is some money there. There's only one way to figure it, and that is every man for himself. And so begins the maddest, wildest, zaniest chase ever filmed. 
as our merrymakers race across country by land, by sea, by air. For somewhere, there's a fortune in buried treasure. Which one of our Mad World comedy stars will be the first to reach it? Now, where have I always told you that the smiler hid the dough? Where? Uh, right the world's critics go stark raving mad, mad, mad. The wildest chase comedy on record, raved the New York Journal American. Nobody's going to get me up in the air. A smash. Has more laughs than any other comedy in the history of the screen, raved the Los Angeles Herald Examiner. Why can't you have a little confidence in me? It's a man. Can't afford to miss this. Wildest comedy ever filmed, added the Boston Record American. Help! Help! Magic, say something! Everything you've heard is true. It's the biggest entertainment that ever hit the screen with laughter. Oh, that runner! No! Oh, no, no, no. Up, no! Wild and hilarious all the way. It's a mad, 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 mad world is everything its extravagant title suggests, says the New York Times. A wham-doodle, humdinger, stemwinder, said the New York World Telegram and Sun. Great Britain's Manchester Guardian applauded with exuberant, exhilarating, triumphant. Marvelous, wild, prodigious slapstick, exclaimed the New York Post. Everyone who's ever been funny is in it. Our traffic is so congested. Mass confusion on wheels. But Detroit is a trite. What they'll do in Detroit is make bigger automobiles. So be a happy fellow. Be a clown boy. Punch and Did you like this movie, and is it the first time you saw it? Uh, it's not the first time I've seen it, and uh, no, I did not like this movie. Um, I loved this movie. Oh, look at that with the reversal. Yeah. Oh, that was like that was like kicking the bucket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love this movie. Yeah. And I think uh, um, our Patreon, uh, um, I th you think you had, he, hopefully will be able to share, he said something about connection with his father as well. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a movie that also reminds me of my family and my dad. It was one of my dad's favorite. Oddly enough, the director also Inherit the Wind when you mentioned that. Um, Inherit the Wind with Spencer Tracy as well was one of the, we could, I could pretty much quote that movie probably to this day because my dad would play that a lot, all the chord scenes in there. So, um, this movie definitely brings me back to the nostalgia part of my dad and, um, you know, in our family. So I think that's what you, I think you alluded to that. And I think we'll hear from him hopefully, um, about that as well. So, yeah. And Pat, even like, you know, now you know your dad as well, you know, as I think you might share, but yeah. Yeah. I'll jump right in and, and, and pick up the thread. I first time watching it and I really enjoyed this movie. It, uh, it was just fun. And, um, you know, 
so many in the, of the people that I saw in this movie were, oh, that guy. Now, who is that person? Or I looked at the cast list and I'm like, look at all these names that I know that I'm not necessarily familiar with all the, now, okay, who is he? Who is he? Because it's like all these, this whole generation of comedic actors that I should know. And they were all in this movie. And it was funny because I'm watching this and I'm, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if my dad loved this movie. And yeah, sure enough, today I was coming home from work and I gave him a call. I'm like, yeah, we're, you know, doing the podcast. I said, have you seen this movie? And he was like, yeah, I saw it in the theater and I've seen it a couple, two or three times since then. And he started talking about it and getting all excited and just remembering things and laughing at things and, and just, you know, uh, uh, talking very positively about it. So that was very fun to, uh, to share that with him. So. Yeah, this this was this was very fun. This was very fun. This movie has got such a huge ensemble cast that it's like I was trying to think of other movies that have had that big of a cast of this many well-known actors. And I'm I'm just trying to think I'm like it's like if it's like if Mars Attacks had been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, yeah. You just have a movie with a crazy amount of cameos and other people, you know, famous people showing up in it. Um cuz I was trying to think through it and I'm like, you know what? Um, you know, like the Lord of the Rings movies or Wes Anderson, you know, his movies tend to have a, a big ensemble cast in it. Um, you've got uh, Pulp Fiction had a pretty big yeah. ensemble cast in it, but nothing to this scale. Like, I can't think of another movie ever. Ha- this is the first time I've watched it. I kind of skipped the, the answer to the question. Um, this sure. is the first time watching it, and I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it wasn't wasn't without a few of its faults as I was watching it, but I think maybe that's also watching it at you know um, what it reminds versus being a kid. I know what I know what you're uh, like because I, I was trying to think of that too. And the closest I could come with because I think this is the champion of all cameo movies. Yeah, but I want to say that it reminds me a little bit of like the Muppet movie. Yeah, yeah, where there's a lot of cameos that pop up and people have like one line or one little scene along the way, and it's an actor and a famous actor. So. Yes. Other than that, I think it's hard to say, but I would definitely say the Muppet movie has sort of the same sort of vibe, yeah, which is a good one. for again for a you know post three or uh, over three hour movie. I think it also is what keeps the fun going because you're always like, it's not you're just stuck with the same actors for the whole time. I mean they're there and they're along for the ride, but literally. But then you have the you know the pop up of people that kind of keep you interested along the way, like oh I was another person I knew or who is that person. So yeah. I think it really helps the three over three hour film feel more like a two hour film. Yeah, yeah. So well, and it was it's, always kind of switching too. You know, like okay, these people team up now. These people team up, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's what kept it. I mean, it's going to be <clears throat> typically when when we you know go through and do our if if this is somebody's first time listening to our podcast. Typically, what we do is we take a moment and we kind of recap the the story, and then we go through and we kind of give our opinion of the whole thing. This one to me is going to be it's a tough one to recap because there's just so much that's going on and it cuts back and forth between the different characters yeah. so much. I almost think it's, it's nearly other than to say what we said, you know, with the 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 quick little two sentence uh, synopsis of the movie. That's basically it. I mean, then, then you kind of get into the different scenes and, and what you yeah. kind of interspersed well, it, with everything else, but it's real difficult. This is one that I think is real difficult to sum up. It's a journey. It is. <laughs> yeah. Trying to Road to awesome. The, 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 the uh, U2, uh, it's a musical journey. Yeah. Now, it's a comedic journey. It's, 
it's a, it literally me summing it up is, I mean, if you know what the thing is and they're, they're on this, you know, basically cross uh, kind of country trip to get to this, this pot of gold basically. And what's great about it is the reason that it feels like three hours isn't that long is because I started thinking like, how do you make that movie in an hour and a half? Because the whole idea of like them trying to get to this adds to everything at the end. Right. And, and, and almost if you tell it, it, so, so it's literally like you're along for the ride. So you're going to each person's journey and taking a snapshot of where they're at, what they're encountering. It's literally the perfect kind of plot thing because, you know, they always say like, um, you know, if you make a movie and I think it was, uh, was the director, Paul Haggis, I think is the one I'm thinking of, but he was saying about like, you know, you come up with a movie idea and, and, you know, so you and your friends are going across country because you have to be at a wedding. Okay. He goes, that's great. But he goes, the movie then becomes with obstacles. Like all movies are built on obstacles. So the obstacles are what people run into along there that make the movie interesting or funny. If you just get and get in a plane and fly to the wedding, there's no movie there. But along the way, this happens, that happens. You discover this, you run into this. And that's just what this movie is completely filled with is, is all the characters, obstacles along the way as they're all struggling to get to this thing first. So the three hours feels like you're in on the ride, kind of like when you're in a, in a cross-country you know, road trip and you're driving somewhere. It, it kind of gives you that same feeling as things happen and you remember those moments along the way and we're getting to explore every one of those moments. So... Yeah, I don't know. Just yeah, it's a it, rather simple to a degree, but that's also why it works in, in the performances and the, the little subtle things. And well, and I was almost I was oh, almost yeah. taken aback a little bit when I saw that it was three and a half hours long. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, a three and a half hour long comedy. But really and truly, the the way this thing was edited and the way just the way everything was done, it did not feel like three and a half hours. I mean, it was it yeah. it was fast paced. I mean, there was. There were a few moments where things slowed down a little bit, but for the most part, you are cutting back and forth between, you know, cars and bicycles and airplanes and something that's going yes. to try to pass as an airplane and um, and it, just all kinds of stuff to the point where it just didn't it, it didn't feel yeah. like three and a half hours. I was going to ask you guys, yeah. and and maybe Dennis, maybe in the in the recesses of your film history knowledge, is this the first movie that features a cross country race like this? I want to maybe say that there was the, I, I would have to look it up, but um, it's uh, the one, the, the, the race, the great race. The great race. Great, great Push race. the button, Max. Great yeah. race is two years later. 90. It's two years earlier or later? Later. Okay. Two years later, okay. 60, then this may be it. Then this okay. may be it, yeah. Because I, I, I was trying to think of, you know, because we, we watched. Flying Machines is another one, I think. Yes. With, uh, that one. Because, like, I for the podcast, that... we've watched Cannonball Run. We've watched, you know, Cannonball Run. We've watched other stuff like that. But I'm, I'm trying to think, is this the first one? It might be. Magnificent Men, I think, came after that, right? Magnificent Men. Yeah. Machines, and I'm looking it up right It was now. right around that time. Yeah, because Great Race is 1965. This one was 63. Great Race is 65. Uh, when is the Magnificent Men in their flying machines? Those Magnificent Men is 1965. Okay. And Terry Thomas is in that one, too, who's also in this Yes. Film. Okay. Um, yeah, so this might have been the very first one. And like I said, it's just... it's. it's yeah. What about Around the World in 80, 80 Days? Ooh, when yeah, did that come out? Around the World. Um, the, movie. the book was a long time ago, but 
Uh, yeah. Around the World in 80 Days, 56. So that actually would be before. Six, so that would have been earlier. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. But right. again, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's kind of the same, but it's kind of the same, but different, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's like a race type of thing. Well, right. I, I don't know. It's kind of the same. And, but not, and yeah, it doesn't have the same amount of like cameos and cast and ensemble right. cast right. as well. And, and the thing about this one too, that I always think of with that cast and I always wonder like, you know, what, what were egos like, you know, or Hollywood, like nobody in this film tries to steal it in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just the way it was written or the way it was portrayed, meaning no one, no one tried to become the number, you know what I'm saying? Like it's never, there's no one steals the film. No one, no one, they all play their part magnificently and equally and without almost Although, any sense of ego. Like I, Although I did read that me. I did read that in any scene Milton Burl was in, he came up with excuses to be the last person on camera. Okay. And like, that's possible. Yeah. yeah. I, I and that I wouldn't be surprised because if you yeah. think of the big names here, like was there ever a struggle for somebody to be like, I'm yeah. top billing, you know, who gets the their first name on the on the billboard? Like if I would probably bet it might have been a Milton Burrell. Yeah, yeah, it might have been a yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about it when I was watching it earlier. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, is this the first, you know, do we have Cannonball Run? Do we have the Great Race? Do we have some of those others because of this movie? And I, I couldn't think of one that came earlier. But Around the World in 80 Days makes sense. Yeah, but the only um, one there. But yeah, it's for one of this one of this scale. Like, this seems to be the first one of this scale. Yeah. Well, this is this is where, yeah, I mean, the scale obviously was, was, uh, well, figurative and literal. I mean, because you also, before we were talking about the way that it was filmed, and I'll let you guys that are experts in camera angles and such go over those details with our viewership. But uh, yeah, this one was definitely big in scope. This is where you wish you could listen in and have the director's commentary, because that's the thing is, where did you get the idea? That You know, this idea of we're all in one big race. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, and it's so effective to keep a movie going ahead, you know, like even for movies that we don't think of as a race, but wherever it's like, it's like that, it's one big chase scene. It really, well, and the thing that makes it really works. Yeah. And it's not a race, like where some other movies are set up where it's a race, like even it's a great race. It's a race. It's a race. Yeah. This is selfish people (laughs) creating a race, Right. you know, it's like if they would have pulled together, if they would have, but like, and that's, that's where it works too. It's like mm-hmm. an ego-driven race or a selfish-driven race versus a here. There's a contest. If we get from here to here and it's you know more fun, and you're just trying to get there. Here, it's literally like you're trying to figure out who do you want to get there first. You know, I remember thinking throughout like who is it that I hope gets the money. You know, and who is it that I hope gets there first? Like who are you pulling for? Because each of them in their own way have things that like you know like are severely annoying and 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 character faults and you know. I don't know. I mean, Milton Berle has to deal with had to deal with uh, Ethel Merman in the backseat for the whole time. So I definitely his looks throughout the whole thing where he's just like, oh god. So there, let's let's yeah. take, let's take that and run with it. Who do you wish would get the money? Oh, man. I think I was more Mickey Rooney, Buddy Hackett for some reason. Okay, from what I remember, the first time I seen it. Now, if I you know I'll watch it again recently, see if that for some reason I was thinking I wanted Buddy Hackett, and then then I'll ultimately uh, kind of the police officer. Okay. Because of the pension situ- situation and stuff, and you kind of feel for that now. I was I was kind of siding with Otto. He seemed like a good guy. Yeah, the, yeah. the furniture mover. Yeah. 
he was the least in it. Well, yeah, for a, a stretch of time, he was the least. The least in it, yeah, yeah. God, they all got on my nerves. <laughs> I, uh, like I said, I, a minute, my... you want one, then there's another one. You're like, you know, you go back and it, it yeah, you, none of them. Yeah, yeah. And they're all arguing. And the best, the payoff that really made it funny is when they're, they're on the collapsed fire escape and they pull the ladder up. It's like, okay, no, we got to go for it. No, you got to go for it. No, we got, you know, <laughs> a minute it's sit there arguing about that. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you the no. I'm I, actually. One, I mean, I got to go back to my thing. I I didn't mean to say Otto. Otto no, no, still no. silvers. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean yeah. to say Otto. I meant to say Lenny. I was gonna say yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, I was in. I thought maybe you're joking there for a second. Because no, no. like like um, okay, Bill Silver is like the biggest jerk in the I know. Whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I had wait, 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 there's, there's too many. White. There's too many names in this movie. Jonathan yeah, I know. Okay, which one was Lenny? Otto? Which so, one was Otto? Okay, so Jonathan Winters who plays Lenny. And okay. Phil Silvers, who plays Otto. So these are the two characters, and it's yeah. exactly what you're saying. is because that's the two at the gas station. That's the yeah. guy who stops at the bike is, is Lenny. Okay. That's Jonathan Winter, one with the bike. And Bernie tells Otto about the thing and lets him in on it, saying, hey, if you give me a ride, like he's, he's gives him the, he shares the secret with him, and then he just turns around and, and betrays him. Remember and then they meet him. Lenny's, Lenny's, that, was the Lenny's the truck Lenny's driver. Lenny's the truck driver, the moving truck driver. driver. Yes. And there was that yes, scene where okay. he leaves the bike in the road, and Otto's like, hey, yes. you might want to move that because somebody might somebody trip might over it. Somebody got it in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. it's, he doesn't even just roll the bike off. It's funny because he, like, does he this it, yeah. very much. He ball. throws it. it out of the thing, and as he's got his hands up in the air, yeah. what's his name just peels Drive off, and he's looking in the rearview mirror laughing like, Yeah. And then that's when what's his name jumps on the bike. Yeah. <laughs> so he jumps yes. on the bike a few times, like it's now going to work better. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And it happens to be a girl bike on top of it, so that's even better. And it's just like going down the road. That's and the, the flat drive, then the flat tire. You yeah. know, karma. <laughs> that's the only problem with this movie is that it's it's like trying to keep track of characters in. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, it's not Lord of the Rings. What was the HBO one? Why am, I, why am I blanking on this? Winter is coming. Stark. Oh, okay. Um, oh, the, the Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, God, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't know why I couldn't remember the name of it. It's like trying to keep track of characters in Game of Thrones. Except the yeah. thing with this one is I know most of the characters in terms of, like, the actors. So to me, okay, when I right. refer to the movie, I very rarely – I don't know their names. Like, I don't know any of their names yeah. in the movie. Right. I refer to it as Buddy Hackett's character and Dick Sean's yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I right. can do right. that, right. but I can't I, – I don't know what they were. Because, like, Mickey Rooney's – apparently his name was Dingbell, you know? And yeah. it's like – I don't remember them ever. I would have never remember that, and, you know? And yeah. Buddy Hackett was Benji, and it's like you go through all the different things, and it's – yeah, and I keep looking at it going. Yeah, that's Sid Caesar, and somebody calls him Melville. I'm like, oh, I don't know. his name is Melville. Yeah, I remember them mentioning Dingbell because I was laughing like, dude, the guy's name is Dingbell. But I know exactly what you mean because that it's like, yeah, I I know exactly the point that you guys are, are making. Dick Sean, I, I want to say that this was uh, is this before producers or is this after? Um, let me see. The producers was 67. Yeah. Producers was 67. Okay. So it was after this. So you see a lot of that, almost that character from Dick Sean, like almost gets him the producer's role probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the dancing just reminds me of the dancing and the producer. Just that whole thing. <laughs> like he's just 
man i was like kind of yeah like this guy'd be perfect for the Purdue. yeah yeah i know well and that whole thing is i'm like I, yeah, baby. Dude, guys the guy's into his dancing but my, is, is he hopped up on something like what i mean that whole thing was funny yeah. kind of thought so it's like do you hear bells <laughs> yeah i know and then and it's funny they're trying to call him and that guy's just so oh my god yeah. i've been busy <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming, Mama. I'm coming. Where are you taking my husband's car? I got to come. Just like, oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll tell you, the the one that I was voting, rooting for was honestly uh, his sister because she was the only sensible one in the whole thing. She's like, like, no one's listening to her. And she just gives up. She's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, she's like, hey, I think, okay, she's not like. No one's listening. And then she tries to sum up. No one's listening. And then at the end, like there's something she talks about. Yeah. This whole thing just disgusts me. No one's listening. I mean, and it was just like, yeah, I, I thought, I thought she was the most, uh, just the most down to earth sensible as all of them were. And were, she, was, uh, she was trying to do the right thing. Yes. Yeah. She wanted to turn things into the cops and yeah. You know, it's a shame when that happens, when somebody wants to follow the law, and nobody listens to them and then assumes that they hated the movie because of that. Assumes that they hated the movie. Isn't it a shame when that happens, Pat? Who are you roasting? I know. I'm trying to put it them. I'm so, trying to figure this out. We're both trying wait, to figure it out. Wait a minute. 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 I understand what is. I Nope. I know. I figured it out. You're not yeah. roasting one of us. No. You're, refer- you're referencing the fact that you hate Point Break. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> well, see, I feel, I, I, Emmeline, I think was her character's name. I feel like she, she would have made sure that Bodie did not yes. get to take that final ride. Right. Because she right. wanted to do what was right. She wanted to uphold the law. And nobody mm-hmm. listened to her, and that's why I think in this movie she's a tragic character. And I think anybody else who feels that way should should also be viewed as maybe a tragic character that no one ever listens to, and assumes that they hated a movie just because they didn't like the way what part of it ended. John, in our hearts, you will always be a tragic character. All right, I don't hate. Wait, was, I, don't, I don't hate Point Break. I know you don't, I don't hate, hate Point, Point Break. Break. I hate Cool World, but I don't hate Point Break. I, you made that very clear. I hope I did. You did. Steaming, <laughs> steaming, steaming pile. It's a steaming pile inside of a steaming pile. It's like if, if a steaming pile of crap was incepted. I still haven't heard that podcast, so I have to go back and hear that. You'll have to listen. I think, no, I I think that one bad. it's going to sound a lot like you talking about Howard the Duck. Yeah. I think your rant, I think I honestly dozed in the middle because I'm like, man, John, John's still going. He's pretty fired up about yeah. this. Holy buckets. Yeah, I did not like that movie. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you <clears throat> didn't. All right. Well, plowing ahead. Yes. You are vindicated because of this character. That's fine. That's fine. I just, I felt like I needed to bring that up. I, it's, it's there. So question for you gentlemen, uh, because this movie is, it, it's, it's a series of skits. It's a series of events on the way to, you know, leading up to the culmination of this whole race. And it's a lot of interspersing back and forth between plane rides and car chases and trying to find transportation. And um, so it's a lot of, it's sometimes we talk about movies being almost like a series of little skits, like almost like SNL skits um, that a lot of times when movies do that, I know we've said in the past with certain movies, 
maybe it doesn't quite fit together as well as you would have hoped. This movie, I feel like it does fit together very, very well in the way it puts all those scenes together. Um, So my question for you is, what is your favorite scene from this movie that lives up to the mad, 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 mad title? Uh, Before... Before we like take a second to list every scene in the entire three hour and 15 minute movie, Pat just rejected your question. I, I want, just want to get that preemptive. I, I just, yeah, that's, I want to just say, mm-hmm. I was really like not pleasantly surprised. I was overjoyed to see the car chases and the airplane sequences and all that in this movie. And I think you said, I don't know if you said it on the recording or not, but like of the hundred stunt people available in Hollywood, 80 of them were working on this movie or something like that. And it was, it was, Oh my gosh, it was just so impressive. And yeah, they had, you know, they had, there was cars like going over jumps and jumping roads and going up on access roads and down. And then, I mean, the scenes with the plane were great. Um, you know, and some of it was, you know, the kind of the way they were filming it. I, 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 I what, don't, if, what if something goes wrong? What could go wrong with an old fashioned? What can go? I mean, and then you just put all those things in there, those lines, and uh, yeah, the, the the car stuff was great. I mean, it was so. Yeah, I just want to say before I, I'll let Dennis list his favorite scene first, but I, I just before you know we get too far, it's like there was some really fun um, vehicular uh, uh, scenes in this movie. It was great. Yeah. Which I'm going to very quickly interrupt and answer that question. What can go wrong with an old fashioned is if you buy it as one of those like ready to drink mixes, Mm. as opposed to getting it made in an actual bar or making it yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what can go wrong. That's a tangent, but I just thought I'd share it. It's, it's a good PSA for our viewers from from personal experience. Yes. Yes. So, all right. Dennis, what do you think? Well, you, you guys go with your car. Go with the car scenes because I'm going to leave out the car scenes. So you guys go into any specific car scenes that you you think stand out. Since you're not going to touch my two scenes, well, actually, I don't know. Maybe you will, but it's not really. A car well, scene. see, here's the thing, though. Like, I believe the question from our esteemed colleague, Mr. Reed, was yeah. which scene makes the movie seem the most? It's a mad, 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 mad world. world. Yeah. So what, what holds what what fits that title the best? Right. So right. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to go ahead then. I'm going yeah, to go I'm ahead. Pulling, I'm pulling a Mazuka. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to say early on, I'm going to go with Utah. The, it's the gas station. Utah. So the gas station yes. one, in which case, you know, it, it, it ends in utter destruction, which is kind of a, yes. almost a, I guess, a, 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 what's the word? An omen for the rest of the movie. Yeah. That, that, you know, um, Basically, it, I want, just got to say too. Also, I love just the little subtle things in here, like when when uh, Jonathan Winter's character breaks free of the you know being captive by the two gas station guys who are waiting for the doctor to come for him, and uh, he finally breaks free, and they kind of all run away from him. They're first of all, the guy's going to hit him with a thing again, and then what happens is when he runs and breaks free, and he runs through the wall, the cutout. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Little things like that. You just have to appreciate yeah. those things in a movie like that, that the cutout is like his arm and it's like perfect body shape as he goes through the wall. And it's like this right. funny comical thing. All right. So I'm yes. going to say number one is going to be the gas station. That right. I think leads to it's a mad, mad world right there. Cause literally people losing their, their, you know, their, their shit basically. Sorry for the language, but like, um, and then we have, 
the ending scene with the fire escape. And then I'm going to sandwich <laughs> one little one because the fire escape, I mean, they're all there. But before that, I think also too, which is those are the two that make me think Mad Mad Worlds. So that's probably more direct to your question. Although I will throw in there too, in a more subtle Mad Mad World, like that's like crazy Mad Mad. Those two are extreme. I mean, just stuff. They're hanging from fire escapes and it's just like swinging back and forth. It's just craziness. All right. Right. I love the scene where they get there. And they're all walking around with shovels and tools <laughs> and they're just all walking around. Like, like if you're yes. somebody who watches these people and there's this whole group of people walking through with all these shovels and, and, and everything else. And, and then meanwhile, they keep on doing the beautiful job of the, the W being seen in the background. Yes. Where the yeah. scene and it just, the, the camera just stays there and you see the yep. W and then you have the two heads of the cab drivers pop in from the side. Like I, yeah. I just think that all that whole sequence of when they get there and how they play along with trying to figure out where it is, is just genius too. So um, that's a more yeah. subtle madness of how these people can't even, you know, they're looking, they don't even know what they're looking for, but they're so determined and to look for it. And mm-hmm. I don't know. So those three, so gas station service station, um, uh, the fire escape at the end and, you know, the fire escape ladders and, and then, uh, and then the, just the subtle walking around with, you know, trying to find this thing. Yeah. So Dennis, you've Dennis, you spent some time out in California. Yes. Uh, did you know the little trivia behind, um, the connection between this movie and in and out? No. So in and out, I, and I still have never been to an in and out, uh, ah. burger, but I, I gotta go. Um, but the palm tree logo that they mm-hmm. have for In and Out, okay, is because is because the the guy who started In and Out loved this movie and loved the idea of the treasure being buried beneath a a shape of palm trees, and so because In and Out was his treasure, um, he decided to use the palm tree as oh, logos. That's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, that is cool. So yeah, he, nice, cool. Like he apparently he this was his favorite movie, yeah. and so that's why you know. And outside some of the locations, I think they have palm trees that they've purposefully grown so that they grow into kind of a, not a W shape, but kind of a, you know, yeah. Intertwined shape like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But apparently cool. I didn't a, a, know that. As, as far as I could tell, that was, it was because he really loves this movie. Cool. Yeah. It says why in and out has crossed palm trees out front. There you go. It's uh yeah, it's right there. It does say that. Oh my God. Look at the picture. That is amazing. Yeah. Oh my God, that's it. It says, if you ever noticed, according to In and Out Burger Wiki, founder Harry Snyder loved the 63 movie. He yeah. lifted the palm tree visual through for the film. In the movie, the all star cast searches for a very thing. Yeah. He wanted, wanting to mark each In and Out as, as his own treasure, starting planting palm trees in the shape of an X at all locations. Paying yeah. homage to the King Classic. They've been incorporated to all In and Out marketing um, efforts from stickers to drink coasters to the homepage of the website. Wow. That is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Good trick. Good, good trivia yeah. tip there. Yeah. Um, I never I thought of that. Interject, interesting. Yeah. I want to interject real quick and I'll, I'll give you my answer because you took my answer. It's going to be the gas station. Um, <laughs> and, and I have a couple of other thoughts on that too, but I did want to let you know, and, and sometimes I'll do this while we're recording is I will, I've got a, a little like a iPad here next to me. And sometimes while we record whatever movie we're talking about, I'll just, I won't, I can't hear it, but I just play it on the iPad mm-hmm. while we're sitting here. So if I see something or it makes me think of something and, uh, the, the folks at home will not be able to see this, but here's the scene that was playing just right now while we were talking. And, uh, <laughs> yep. 
it's the dance scene with Sylvester and his girlfriend. And I got to say, his girlfriend, the way she's dancing, really reminds me of the uh, cleaning the bowling ball in Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say this, too, and I'm going to share this, too. Um, Pat? Dennis? Uh, Pat, I, I have some footage of you dancing <laughs> at a at a um, at a uh, a graduation dance. Right? Yeah, the eighth grade dance. I, yeah, I can end it with you leaping up into um, being carried by Reardon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. But anyway, somehow when I see Dick Sean dancing, <laughs> yeah. somehow I picture this is you on your honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you said that. You <laughs> and your wife on the honeymoon. And well, Pat's just there. Got the hairy chest, the whole thing. He's just doing the moves. When he gets into it, like, da, da, da. Well, it's so funny you say that because I'm sitting there and what I was just about to say is like, dude, that guy's dancing like that in this huge blockbuster of a movie. I was born in the wrong time because I dance like that all the time. And ain't nobody me, like me. he's going to like And I'm just like, that's me. totally me. Yeah, yeah. So you're right on with that man because that's yeah, it was right man. on, man. I must know you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, like seriously, like even the part you just played, John, when you just showed it, where he gets into the like the, the fast movement and just tur- tur- turns it up a notch. He goes to eleven. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Takes his dancing to an eleven. I mean, I mean that that must have been that must have been my visceral scene of okay, it's a man, mad, mad world because I'm like. Who is this guy? I mean, what is going on in this scene? I'm like, I have no idea. And they're like, they're they're dancing, man, and they're into it. You know, they're into it. Yeah. I'm just like, and that's what I said. Is this allegorical for something? Is this like a, a clip out of Reefer Madness? Like, what are we watching? And uh, and that was, I mean, so that was. And that I would was love to-, to talk to Mel Brooks and ask Mel Brooks because he went on to do the producers, and he used Dick mm-hmm. Sean. And in that movie, the producers, there was a number of dance scenes, obviously, with Dick Sean that I'm sure he just had to be like laughing at this when he watched this movie. It was like somehow I need to get this guy dancing in the producers, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't know if yeah. the producers required him to be a dancer. But like the whole dancing with the flower with, you know, about the love power, like, like did did that plant the seed for like where Mel Brooks was just thinking? God, I loved him in that. I loved that dancing, and it was so weird. I have to somehow fit this in and give him some dance scenes in um in the producers. Because it's that still same. You're just sitting there like with like your mouth yeah. dropped, like kind of like what am what am I watching? What am I watching? And it's funny. And the girl, so, the girl is a genius because she doesn't even smile. There's no emotion. No, I, no. nothing. No. She's so darn serious and focused on the dance. Mm-hmm. Like if you interrupt her, she's gonna bunch you. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Like she's uh, she's working. She's not. She is yeah. not just dancing and having fun. She is. She is in a trance. Oh, this is, you know. This yes. is serious. Yeah, yeah. And you're so exhausted that you know. And he's like, um, oh, you know, he's so busy. Yeah. <laughs> he mm-hmm. a beer after, you know, and he's like, but yeah. So, so Dennis, you mentioned you mentioned my favorite scene. The scene to me that summed up the whole idea of a mad, 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 mad world was the gas station scene. It was the garage scene. Mm-hmm. And just how from, I mean, he incredible hulks it through that entire scene, yes. like throwing people all over the oh, place, yeah. smashing through walls. Um, and then the part, the part that I, I just, so, I, I enjoyed the whole thing, just the the whole, all of the destruction. And while I'm talking, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hold up my iPad so you guys can see it again. Um, my favorite part is when it comes to the very end, when he gets into the tow truck and starts to drive it away. 
and then decides to then back up (laughs) and smash back into it one more time. Yes. Yes. And then then as everything falls down, everything like another building starts to fall and there's one little piece left. And I sat there watching this going, all right, if that doesn't fall, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And then I waited like another second and all of a sudden it it all comes falling down. Go back to where it breaks through. He breaks free from the tires where he's like, or tied up. Because that scene, again, I love the way they use, like I was talking about the two taxi drivers who like their heads pop in from the side and then they leave out and the W is the star of the shot. And in here, I, I from what I remember, I think those two guys who are there, like they're threatening him, they're threatening him. And all of a sudden they just, they're both on the left and right and they get out. And then all of a sudden you just see him take over like the Hulk. Like, look, at he hits him, they exit. And now it zooms in a little bit on him and it's the Hulk. Like, yeah. up, again, they back out yeah. of the cutout, like the cinema. Yeah, there's the cutout. There's the cutout. There's the cutout. And he's still got a bit of the chair stuck to his rear end. Yeah. Or tied to him. It's almost like the shining when he comes through the door. Yeah. And then there's, but like the, just the cinematography left, right of the screen and the way they utilize the space. I don't know. Again, just from a cinematography end of it, like there's the bookends on the end. And like, see, even there, there's the zoom in on his face. But like, he and he's still got the chair stuck to his back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're just throwing stuff. And they're giving him a pretty good fight, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. This guy's. <laughs> oh, uh, man. And for those people out there right now, John is holding up his iPad with both time to go in the door at the same time, which is great. That's right. And then he <laughs> runs into the can. He just knocks the outhouse over. <laughs> he punches it. I <laughs> punches it. <laughs> There and then there it goes. There it goes. And then climbs up. The whole thing goes down. <laughs> and he says something too when he climbs up the outhouse. He looks at. He looks over the top and he says something funny. Now oh, I got you. Yeah. What does he say there? there? What does he say there, John? When he looks over the top outhouse, he says something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's line. not funny, yeah. but I I just thought it was hilarious. I got to turn up the volume. See if I can hear it. <laughs> That's right. And the screaming of these guys are screaming. He's like, he's crazy. And he's <laughs> I know, I know, but when he runs up the front of the outhouse, uh huh, there you are. There you are. <laughs> Oh my Some god. Of that, you know, oh, there you are. <laughs> you know, I don't know why it's so funny, but my god, it, it is. is. And it's, it's a, but it's, but you know why I think I enjoy that scene so much is because it's that kind of it's that kind of like just stupid, fun, destructive. It's like the three stooges. Bam, it reminded me it, just three stooges. Yeah, I was it, gonna it, say that's why I'm glad the three stooges, even though they're yes. in this and don't have a line, I'm so glad they're in there because it gives you yeah. When I say, like, again, people who know me, I don't laugh out loud at most comedies today. There's lines, there's things I will laugh at, but when I watch a movie, I often chuckle inside. Right now, just seeing that on an iPad through a Zoom call, (laughs) I'm cracking up legitimately, genuinely, and it's the same thing that I would laugh at where people, like, you know, they look at you when you're watching the Three Stooges and go, what the hell are you laughing at? And I'm like... It's the delivery. It's the little lines. It's the it's the the way it's done. Like no one else can do it, but that character. Like I feel like it's whatever it is. It just works because 
You know, like the Three Stooges, the little, it's the little things that Curly says. It's the way that Larry says something. Hey, what happened here? And he gets, it's the delivery that does it all. You give that line to somebody else and it probably doesn't work nine out of 10 times. You give it to them and it works 100% of the time. And I think that line right there that Pat even picked up on is like, I remember, I could remember there was a line. I don't remember what it was, but I do, it's who decides, like, most other people would not even throw that line in there, but you throw right. that line into the script. Oh, there, and it's like, yeah. it's, why is that so funny? It's just, I don't, it's just, there's something yeah. genius about deciding to put the line in there where more, many other writers or whatever or actors, maybe it was ad lib wouldn't put that in there. But I see that as a Jonathan Winters ad lib. If you know, Jonathan mm-hmm. Winters, yeah. like I can right. see and him what it, saying, doing that and just doing the, Oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah. And I and I know I know one of these comes twenty years later than the other one, but the, what this scene reminded me so much of, and why I think I love it, is it reminded me so much of the kitchen scene in Evil Dead Two yes. when he's fighting his yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's and a it's a kinetic Evil scene. Evil Dead has those lines. Evil Dead has simple lines that if somebody yeah. else other than Bruce Campbell says them, they don't work. So it's right. like that perfect storm of something just working that works whatever and, and the line may not even be the most genius written comedy like outright it has to do with who's saying it the environment that they're saying it the situation they're saying it and how they deliver it all those things have to be perfect and they tend to be and there's no way of trying to do it it just has to happen almost organically i'm trying not to laugh i'm watching i still have it on and i'm watching it and there's the part where the guy's hanging from the rafters yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he pulls him down and brings the entire roof down with him yes <laughs> uh, oh, all right man. well pat what is your what's your favorite scene that lives up to the mad 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 title well i got i it must have to be the dancing scene my my spirit scene i think that's my spirit scene i mean it's the dancing scene because that's the one where i'm just like dude what is like like these guys these guys are psycho um but the other one has to be when all of those dingbats get together and start arguing about stuff and i mean i don't i'm not gonna I think he was going for the, the filmmakers were going for a funny movie. Um, I don't know, but sometimes they say comedy is commentary and all that, you know, they get these, okay, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like then it started, then we're doing a little bit of the twist, a little bit of the twist. There we go. Yeah. Oh, there's Pat right yeah, there. Right there. Oh, yeah, he's, right he's, his head. he's in his head. He's grabbing his head right after the twist. And the thing is, it's just like he's winding up, right? It just, it gets more tight and he gets more tight. And then he's like, whoa, wow. This is how I picture Pat conducting in band every day. (laughs) (laughs) Right there, right there. Oh my gosh. They're playing well. Pat's up there on the podium just doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. go. Bam, (laughs) boom. Wow. Uh-huh. There you are. <laughs> so I guess that would have to be my spirit scene. But if there's one, when they all get together and it's just like, okay, we're going to do each person gets one share. Okay. No, that's not fair. Okay. Well, here's the system. Well, we'll count this as the half shares. And well, that's unfair to me. Well, that, and it's kind of like, I mean, I, I don't want to bring the movie down. So you guys tell me if I'm just way off base, but that seems to be kind of like, social commentary because it's like hey let's try and all pull in the same direction for the common good there's several hundreds of thousands of dollars we're all going to get some cash why are we arguing about this to the point that the whole thing falls apart and we all lose 
Like, I mean, and that's kind of the, it's a mad, mad world. And that's the one that I want to laugh, but I also want to cry because it's just like, man, you have that right there, that scene in a comedic way captured like (laughs) our society, right? It's just like, Mm -hmm. no, well, that's not fair to me. No, no, we're going to do it this way. Oh, well, that's not fair to me. And what happens? Yeah, lost it all. And then at the very end, even at the very end, they all blame each other, right? And the one guy starts right. going, hey, well, if you just want to listen to me, and they're like, ah, shut up. You know, so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought. Well, even know, at the end, as they're on the thing and there's rescue, so they, they've already lost the money. The money's yeah. gone down. Oh, they, down dude, who, gets off the, who gets off the fire who escape gets first? Off first? And they <laughs> they're all arguing. <laughs> exactly. yeah, I know. And then it's swaying back and forth. And the visuals of that, like from a distance, are just so comical. Like, oh my God. Everybody's down below screaming. The firemen are at the bottom. There's just, it's going left, it's going right. They go flying through windows. (laughs) Things that almost would be dead. Well, and it almost has the music like, uh, you know, like the, like trapeze, circus trapeze music, Uh you know, and it's just lazily going from one side to the other. And like I said, I mean, that's the green me screen is, thing too. Cause you know, it's like, obviously there's the shot outside with the stuntman, but then everything else, there's one that looks completely like a dummy falling from the sky. Very three. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. Where it's like, it falls into the pond and I think it's like completely looks like a dummy, but the way they yeah. go flying off in like fast speed and anytime they fall, you can tell it's a dummy. One person bounces off and lands in Lincoln. <laughs> it's the cab driver or whatever. Yes. Yes. Which also, I don't know if there's a subtle thing there because I think it's the the one uh, cab driver lands in the arms of Lincoln. So it's, it's a little bit, you know, just <laughs> Phil Silvers goes through the air. It's like, like the way they filmed it all, it was so over the top comical that it just works. Right. There was a scene, and I don't remember who it was, that as they're all like flying off of the the ladder. Yeah. Um, as the one gets flung through the window and he lands in the Murphy bed, it made me think yeah. of the scene from Animal House where the, ah, yeah, the, yeah. the bunny lands in the kid's bed and he says, thank you, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if you watch it, every time they fall, it's a dummy. Like, there's no movement yeah. of the arms or anything. It's literally they're bouncing. They got the green screen when they're on the electric lines. Like, they're all dead, you know? Yeah. But, but then they fall and it's just like it always cuts to the little, like, dummy, like, no arms, like, which makes it just even better. Like every yeah. time, like seriously, if you go back and watch it again, watch every time they actually fall somewhere. It's clearly a dummy that's just being thrown through the air. And I think that yeah. just works so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I love that. There he goes. You got it? <laughs> yeah, the guy just was flying through the air, landed in the Murphy bed. Yep. Did they already do the Lincoln? Who Wasn't it the, yeah. uh, wasn't the African-American Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder, like, is there like the little, are there the little subtle joke there for the time of like landing in the arms of Lincoln, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it, I think it might be here. Yeah. It's the other like dumb. Yep. The arms are straight out. <laughs> they bounce. Boing. Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, little. Yeah. Like an emancipation joke there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so one of my last questions for us is, is there a favorite cameo in this movie of all the different people that show up? Is there one, or if you want to pull a, a Mazuka, um, is there one or two uh, cameos that you can say you absolutely love seeing that person show up, even if it was for like a half second in this movie? 
I'm going to jump right out and just say Jimmy Durante at the beginning. Okay. I mean, there's a couple other ones that I'm sure are going to come to mind. And like I said, you know, the fact that John's watching this with his iPad there kind of in the background, it's almost a movie you have to do that because there's so much in there um, that, like, you'll forget. Like, when this is over and I watch this again, I'm going to be like, dang it. Like, and I could have watched it literally two hours, three hours before this podcast, and there's going to be stuff that you still forget. You know, and there's yeah. stuff that you're going to be upset you that you forgot because there's so many in there. So the cameos, I I keep rem- you know I, I do know there's the uh, the I think I'm going to go between the Jack Benny and the uh, and the um, Jimmy Durante. I think okay would probably be my two. The Jerry Lewis one's good. It's funny, but it's like I, I think overall, like you know, is it the people I want to see or is it the scene that they're into? You know, a combination of both, I guess. But Jimmy Durante, or he keeps popping up, you know, and won't die, and keeps popping up, and he does that so well, and then it's just like. Yeah. We also have a picture yeah. of Jimmy Durante, by the way. My uncle did. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Just came across it about a month ago. Yeah. I think mine has got to be, just just because of my love for everything they ever did, it's got to be the Three Stooges. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I forgot that one. But I think I mentioned it earlier, so maybe like. Yeah, you mentioned it. I didn't, I didn't say it was my favorite, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But all of them, I mean, that was the one that surprised me the most. That, like, all of a sudden they show up, they don't say anything, they don't no. do anything, they're just standing there. And that's that was enough for me. Like, I, when that came on, I was like, oh, like, I, 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 my, my heart warmed up just a little bit. See, and maybe it's because, like I said, the combination, like, I'm glad, like, I guess, because I said earlier, I'm so happy that they're in it. Mm-hmm. And is the scene, like, what they do, anything in there super, like, over the top funny? No. But is it also meant to just sort of say, like, these three have the look on their face, in my opinion, in the scene, kind of like almost like a like a. it's kind of like at the end of uh, if you've seen the shorts, it's one, I believe, called the Hoi Polloi. And it's where they become civilized members of society and they train them in the, in the shorts to become like it's like they, two millionaires have a bet that, you know, they can take these three, you know, basically idiots from the street and make them one of them thinks he could turn them into you know, gentlemen, you know, a civilized gentleman. And the other one's like, I'll bet you on that. So the whole episode is them going through dance lessons, eating lessons, everything, you know, how to eat proper etiquette at the table. And at the end of the thing, when it's all done, it obviously like any three stooges ends in a pie, pie throwing contest at the end or where they're just everybody at the glitzy glamorous party are just it's in madness ensues and they're all throwing things at each other. And these three go walking out and they look at them like, this is what you get for associating with the Hoi Polloi, you know? And it's like, in other words, like they're now above those people that they basically just corrupted. So they actually were the corruptors of those people. The bet really failed in the, in the end, but they still had this kind of content. Um, um, what do you call it? This, uh, this attitude, like they're above them, like they were above them. They were better than them. And in a way it's like, is there lock looking and leaving that episode? I feel like as that was happening in this cameo, are they like, just have that look on the face, like these people, how silly, how stupid, you know, but it's exactly what they did for their career. Cause they kind of have that just staring look ahead, <laughs> you know, like, see, like right there, they're just staring ahead. And is it like, I don't know. I'm wondering what's beyond that cameo and why they shot it like that. Is that what they're trying to sort of say? Like, in other words, like this is kind of the style of humor and chaos and craziness that we, we, we did, but these people are so silly and we're three firemen here and these people are, you know, I don't know. How do you take that cameo, John? What do you, what do you, how do you explain that? Is it just to get them on the screen or is there a reason that they say don't even, they don't even, they don't, they don't, they barely blink. You know, there's no smile. There's no laugh. There's no shit. It's, it, 
It's just stationary. It's an interesting choice of a cameo. I think that's what makes it even funnier. Yeah. Like at, at, at that point, I mean, part of this movie is, and we haven't really talked too much about this piece of it, but I think we talked before we started recording, but one of the purposes of this movie from what I've read is that it was during the heyday of TV and they were trying to create an event movie that would bring people back to the theaters. So they shot this in 70 millimeter. Um, so it's a bigger format. And that's what, when you see some of the way that the, the shots are composed in this movie, it, it seems it's not shot the way a comedy movie I think would typically be shot. No. Um, but also this is kind of, I've, I've read a couple of things that also have said that this movie is really kind of the send off for this entire generation of comedians, mm -hmm. you know, Sid Caesar, Carl Reiner, yeah. you know, all these guys, um, that this is kind of like, it's, it's, it's just past the heyday of most of these comedians. And, you know, so that's why you included people like Buster Keaton. That's why Jerry Lewis is in here. That's why, you know, you've got all these, all these who's, who's the fireman at the end on the top. Is it Donald? Um, the guy who's on the on the ladder, yeah, I forgot. It's like Donald something. I think he's in the guy from like not uh, the horse one. Um, I'm gonna think of that. All right, but go ahead with your thought. Yeah, so you have all these. Yeah, all, so no, yeah. so that I mean, my thought, my thought with that, that is genre that of comedians. Yeah, and my thought is you're you're including because apparently they were also trying to get like uh, Groucho Marx in here and originally i guess he was going to deliver the last line of the movie or something like that but to me that's when you're when you're giving this as kind of like a well this this era of cinema this era of comedians and this type of movie this may be the last hurrah for all these people for the comedians who are such physical comedians as the three stooges you know, all of their little one-liners, all of their physical comedy, for them to just stand there and do nothing is, to me, is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like, just the irony of those yep. guys standing there, doing nothing, staring straight ahead, not saying anything, not moving, like, that, I, just, I laughed just because yep. of that. I didn't need them to do anything else. Yeah, and, and that's what I said, but I want, and I've always wondered, like, what was, was that the, I guess that is the intention of, like, why they did it that way. Yeah. You know, and like you said, in a movie where this would be perfect for the Three Stooges because this is what their their uh, so many of their shorts and career were basically chaos ensuing. They're not; they're doing the exact opposite of all the chaos. They're just standing there, you know. So yeah, uh, Holloway, Norman Fell is in this too. Yeah, Andy Devine. I'm trying to find you. Pat, did you have a, a favorite cameo? I'm sorry, it was so funny. I was thinking about every facet of the movie, and I forgot what your question was. I'm, I'm glad you repeated it. Well, I know like, you mentioned them earlier, so I was wondering. I mean, you could probably have, like I said, there's other ones, but like the Don Knotts, I know that. Yeah. Don Knotts, exactly. That was exactly what I was going to say. Um, and and the only reason I picked that uh, as my cameo. Uh, uh, well, I mean, obviously, I not to take anything away from the 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 incredibly talented Don Knotts, but that was my laugh out loud. Like watching his reactions and his physical comedy and his like, you know, every time the guy says something, his eyes bugs out, and he's like, "Okay, what do you need?" You know, the guy's like, "You got to turn left." He's like, "Ah," you know, like just the way he would kind of like, I mean, just 
I was laughing out loud with that. So I guess, I guess as far as cameo, it would, it would be Don Knotts. And, and obviously too, like I said, at the top of the show, I know a ton of the names that are in here, but I haven't necessarily seen them in a lot of things or can place the faces with it or conversely, conversely, I'm like, Oh, it's a, that guy. Oh, it's a, that guy. But I don't know who that guy is. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like or mm-hmm. beyond like knowing him as a that guy, Don Knotts. I mean, I grew up watching the Andy Griffith show and I mean, I remember I'm on three's company. And I, so of all of them, I mean the, the, um, not buddy Hackett. Who is the, who is Thurston Howell? Um, Bacchus. Jim Bacchus. Jim Bacchus. Yeah. That guy would probably be one of the other ones. Um, you know, I saw buddy Hackett and Herbie, the love bug. Uh, or in the love bug. So, I mean, but, but Don Knotts would be the guy I was most familiar with, but no, oh my gosh, I just, the way he, you know, it's funny. I, I remember a, a buddy of mine would say things, you know, we, we would talk and he was like, you know what? There's three levels of comedy. There's, uh, what did he say? There's being able to tell a joke and it's funny and you make people laugh. And, and he wasn't just talking about movies, but he was talking about people, right? Like, then there's just being able to say something and making people laugh. And then and he, he says, and in my opinion, the highest level is just doing something like a gesture or a raised eyebrow or a whatever. And you're making people laugh. And he says to him, that was like the highest level because it was like, if you can make people laugh just by, and it's not just physical comedy, like falling down and bouncing off things, but just like, you know, um, Johnny Carson, Anytime someone would say something that was even the littlest bit, you know, something that we might, something that we might go over the top in our generation and say, oh, that's what she said, or, you know, or make a big joke out of it or have to repeat it 6 billion times or whatever. Okay. Johnny Carson was able to throw a look and raise an eyebrow and you would be in stitches. Mm -hmm. One little gesture, or you think of the blues brothers, right? There's the scene where, you know, whatever. And, and John Belushi is standing there and it's just like a still shot of him, like looking, you know, he's looking at something and they're looking back and it's, it's, it's perfect. Okay. You know exactly what's going And that's what I think makes this makes, well, so many of these people so talented, but the Don Knotts thing is everything he's doing is just subtle reactionary without saying anything. And, he's responding to other people and just elevating the scene. Right. It's just such, such economy of style, but I mean, speaking volumes. And so I'm, 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 I'm using too many words to describe it, but just, <clears throat> I would say that's my favorite cameo for that, those reasons, just because, you know, just economy of style and just incredible comedy that he can well, create. And I think, and I think you got to give credit to the director and the editor yeah who allowed those, th- you know, who picked up on those as well to allow those subtle things in there, you know, like those right. things that, you know, aren't as obvious. They're not written into the script necessarily. It's what each of those characters and their cameos bring to it that they allow those things to happen. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. many things are scripted, but like, again, going back, is that Jonathan Winters, you know, Lenny, where he's at the top of the, you know, where they're in the the, the, the bathrooms, the restrooms or whatever, and is at the gas station, is that line written in the script? I, I bet it's not. I bet they just let right. them go. It's kind of like when somebody's working with Bill Murray 
You know, you sometimes you just got a Robin Williams. You sometimes let them loose a little bit and see what you get. You have to have a patience and a flexibility to allow those things to happen, I think, in those films. And I think they did, they just hit it on the nail with all these characters. Because like you said, all mm-hmm. of them have their little subtle things that work. You know, and, and the cinematographer, like, again, I think that whole, you referred to uh, him as the Hulk in that scene. And I'm like, it's so filmed like the Hulk, like he's this monster. He's just a guy. But, like, he takes on the superhero destruction of this service station and it's filmed in such a way that everything going through the wall like him they kind of do the almost the hitchcock moving in on the camera with the close-up as the other two people leave the scene and it just focuses and he almost looks like he becomes bigger than he is you know like so the cinematography was definitely not like traditional you know comedies at the time like john was saying and and uh and i think all those little subtle things that all these actors and cameos brought they were smart enough to let them have their own and that's the hard part because you have so many different talents there that you have to almost be a student of all those people you put in that movie to know what they're going to each give you and allow them to give it to you and you know maximize it yeah you know it's funny i I, I often, you know, as I'm watching this and I'm, I'm wondering, you know, like you're saying, I, were there egos involved? And I'm sure there were egos involved. And, and I am, I'm not a, I'm not a comedian. Okay. Uh, in my heart, I know I'm funny. Um, you know, I'm not a comedian, but you know, I, I've, <clears throat> I've listened to a lot of comedians and I've, I've heard interviews with them and I've, and I've, 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 I've listened to a lot of Bill Burr and he will often talk kind of about, you know, in, in some of his uh, uh, weekly podcasts, he'll kind of talk about like, yeah, I did a show and so with, with so-and-so, or I went down to the, whatever, you know, the laugh factory to see this guy. And, and there's real, it's, it's, it's almost like, and, and I'm sure there's a one-upmanship thing that would happen to like there is in any kind of professional setting. But I think if you get people that are like mind, it's almost like, Hey, we're all in it together. And it's almost sort of like, what the, the vibe I get from, you know, hanging out with and talking to a lot of like jazz musicians where it's like, well, we're going to go play our show. Then we're going to go listen to this guy play his show. Then we're all going to go over to a jam session later where we all can play. You know, it's like, we're all here to support each other. We all have our own voice. And I've heard him talk a lot about like comedy specials where, you know, I don't know. I think it was like a Netflix comedy sent, uh, special. And he's just like, yeah, it's a Dave Chappelle show, but I got I do 45 minutes and so-and-so does 45 minutes. Then so-and-so comes out and does, and it's all very much like a, Hey, we're all supporting each other's show kind of thing. Um, and I almost wonder if like in this movie, if you get the people and, and, and again, I'm just shooting from the hip. I could be completely 100% wrong but you get these you know, people together and you all are going with the common purpose of we are trying to make something epic here and you know, everybody's going to get kind of a role. Is it, I wonder if, if may, I could be wrong, but in, in, in like a comedic thing, it's almost like a little bit of game respect game. Let's all do this together kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And you know, like the director is kind of like keeping the whole thing going and making sure that we keep it focused on what it's supposed to. But it, it just seemed like everybody had, like everyone was there for the same purpose. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And now, I, I mean, there's other movies as, in this era where like you get the ensemble cast, but then you hear the stories of, well, so-and-so was trying to steal this scene or so-and-so did this because this upset this guy, or there was a, this kind of thing because, 
you know, it's like the ego thing comes in, you know, and you heard about that in Saturday Night Live too, you know, like you get a guest star that, you know, these people hated each other or whatever. But if you get people together and it's, you know, we're all of the same mind and Hey, we're all like, we're all in this together. Let's, let's all, let's, let's elevate the whole thing. Let's all pull in this, the, the very thing they were lampooning. Let's all pull in the same direction because, you know, exactly, you know, a, a rising tide kind of thing. And, and I think they just hit it that it, it, it just seemed like the whole cast was in pulling in the same direction. Yeah. I would be curious to see if there was a behind the scenes. And again, there might be an ego here or an ego there, but sure, I think overall, sure. like they all just had fun making this movie, right. you know, and, 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 you know, as we're, I'm sure getting towards the end of this too, like, I know Pat, you were kind of making the social commentary a little bit on it and saying about like, how it could be, you know, the, the kind of people fighting over the, I think the ending is just, again, just genius too. You end on such a good note mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's like throughout the, throughout the whole thing, you've had her in the back, you know, and Ethel Merman is so classic at being almost and not making fun of mother-in-laws out there, but I'm just saying like the no. whole kind of like, that that nagging voice telling you everything you're doing wrong and you got Milton Burl's face the whole time like oh god like I'm with yeah and then Dick Sean being the you know the mama 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 you know the whole yeah she's just like that figure that stereotypical figure that people throw on kind of on maybe unfairly on all, all, all mother-in-laws obviously but like to end with it and then have the comment and and just where where in the world would you put you know you dropping so much like of the of the reality obviously of this film and you're totally allowed to go with it because it's the only way it works is they would never put all these guys first of all they all survive no any of their injuries they're all like laid up in different things in different casts <laughs> they're all in the same room at the same time like what hospital said let's just put them all in the same room you I know, know. Again, I isn't know. under the guys that because they're all like kind of under arrest that's why you keep them all there but no hospital yes. would obviously do that and they each go through the whole thing and then one of them i think it's sid caesar character starts going after they said we had all that money we had da, 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 350,000, and then he's like let's see 350 and then he goes into the whole sad thing at the end about like you know because they all turn on him and on the on spencer tracy and he goes you know my wife's divorcing me my daughter's changing her name da, da, i hope one day there'd be something that i could laugh about and then all of a sudden you see buddy i could throw that banana and you see them marching down the hall and you know right where it's going there's no yep. surprise to it you know it's gonna happen and it's still as hilarious when it happens because of the way again they filmed it like the way she goes up in the air is like because yeah. i mean you got pull it up on the ipad there john you gotta have that like that it's just a classic scene and then he, and then he and doesn't I'm, laugh right away which i love like they're all yeah. cracking up <laughs> and then he just kind of like looks around the room and then starts to chuckle and starts to yeah. laugh and he gets to do that laugh and it's just such which, a, like in the end they kind of all like <laughs> we're just a bunch of assholes we went through this whole thing but in the end we're all, we're all beat up and we're all injured here we go they do before that before the the banana peel because it's even that's just like a quick little subtle like buddy hack of like hmm like did he know this was gonna happen no but somehow it seems like he did and i i gotta why say too a, why is he eating a banana <laughs> yeah i know you see <laughs> like why would he have a banana in the hospital just he has a banana no one else has food but he's got a banana and they all come marching in in sync right in the middle of her line too <laughs> oh man and i'm just gonna say i like if that was ethel merman doing that fall i don't think good honor for that i yeah, yeah it was a stunt person 
what's his name? Uh, one of them like hurting himself too. Who is it here? It's uh. Well, the one guy slaps the other guy on the cast. Yeah, that's what it is. I think it's something. Yeah. But like there, right there is even genius. Just the whole. And then he finally breaks out, and you're like, ah. <laughs> Look at that scene right there. There's a bunch of guys all back, and they're just laughing, and the two security guards are like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I know. Greatest ending. It's just a great ending. <laughs> all right. Well, is there anything anything else you want to say about it's a mad, 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 mad world. Oh, I'm just telling uh, people if you have I'm gonna go watch it when we're done with this podcast, and I'll probably say, gotta, I'm gonna watch yeah. the whole thing straight through again too. But um yeah. but yeah, people out there, hopefully you listened to me earlier and you stopped this and you you went back and uh and watched it in its entirety and then came back and watched this podcast yeah. and you know throw some comments yeah. in the in the in the in the comment section. So yeah. Yeah. I just think it's, uh, and you know what? And and you've often heard com- comedians talk about how like things now have gotten very crude, you know, and all humor is typically foul humor and it's got to have the swears. You know, I, I know we say Bill Cosby and it stinks because it's like, there's this, you know, asterisk around Bill Cosby and Bill Cosby could, I remember listening to the records and the recordings and everything of him mm-hmm. and our rides and stuff. And it's like, you just crack out laughing, like, like crack up laughing at all this stuff. And there wasn't a lot of that in there. And I'm like, this is one of those movies that perfectly, I think, illustrates that there's really nothing, you know, like you can watch this with your 10-year-old like we did. And there's mm-hmm. nothing you had to worry about. Um, and, it, and it just is funny and it works. And comedy like that is a classic and, and stands the test of time. And I, I think it's one of my, one of my favorite films. Popped up the dancing. I was gonna say, yeah, I was yeah, at the loop for John today. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start dancing. We should reshoot that scene and have Dad, uh, have Pat do it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna play the girl? I'll do it. He'll do it. Yeah, he can do it. He's got to have the serious look at. Uh-huh. But yeah, so people, yeah, if you haven't seen this film. You got to find three hours, do the full version. Don't do the two and a half. Cause I don't know what you're missing out of that. And I don't want to figure it out. And, and my guess is you're missing something really good in there. Cause I think like John said, there might be a tad of maybe some part where it just maybe takes a little bit of a slow part very, but I don't even remember what part that is. So um, do the three, do the three hour version make sure you got some time to do it. Make sure you're in the right frame of mind and be prepared to be, um, uh, entertained and laughed and, and, and this great film. Love this film. So I'm glad, uh, um, it was picked as a, uh, as a film for this. I'm yeah. curious to see his, uh, his, um, his take on it. So looking forward to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get Podrick's comments. Yes. Podrick. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to find Thank out you, more Podrick, for choosing this one. Yeah, yeah it never makes it on there. It's one of those films, and I think I brought it up in past podcasts that we had about this film before. Um, I know I've talked about it before on maybe an old podcast from a long time ago, but it would never have made the list had you not chosen that because it's not mm-hmm. obviously in that time frame. So I appreciate you putting us on there. There's a possibility that we would have hit it for like a Patreon one for next year since it's. Uh, but it would have been a Patreon, is my, is my it point. Probably would have been yeah, a Patreon. It would never make our normal, yeah, just because of yeah. the year, but yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this one. 
Uh, this has been a mad, 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 mad podcast. Thank you, uh, thank you, Pat. Thank you, Dennis, for being here. Oh, you know what? I, I completely forgot. There were a couple of other things I was going to mention real quick, um, trivia-wise. Uh, one of them that it was kind of close to something that, that you all brought up earlier. The film was so crammed with action that each leading actor was given two scripts, one for dialogue and one for physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had to actually separate out the scripts for them. Um, the other one, this one I thought was kind of fun, and it kind of goes to the whole idea of this being an event to get people back into the theaters, uh, pull them away from their TVs at home and get them back in the theaters. Um, for the premiere of this movie at the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood, during the intermission, the filmmakers recorded messages supposedly sent over police radios describing what was happening to the various characters. These messages were played in the auditorium during the intermission, but they also played them over the speaker system in the concession area and even in the bathrooms. So even if you got up to go to the bathroom, you were still hearing what sounded like police radio talking about what's happening to these characters. That's cool. Yeah. And then the other thing I did not mention is in the trivia uh, thing in here, it had also said, after adjusting for inflation, the $350,000 treasure in 1963 would be equivalent to just a little over $3 million in 2021. Okay, so now 14. Million divided 14, by 14. 14. 14. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> a two, 2 plus 1 plus 1 plus 2. Yeah. It was my understanding that there would be no math... All right. Well, this is a little 30 podcast addendum uh, to our episode of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I always got to make sure I put enough mads in there um, to our podcast that we recorded. And uh, we were going to have Podrick on there from Ireland uh, to talk on that because that was your request for us to do that movie. And uh, you you got busy at the pub <laughs> and, and things got yeah. a little crazy yeah. with the with the local football team. So, yeah. Um, and uh, so we were we were glad to get you on now. Um, and uh, I think we I sent you the the audio that we had. So you had a chance yeah. to kind of listen to us kind of talk through I'm some of it. it. Um, but I, I kind of mainly wanted to to, you know, ask you a couple of questions about this movie, because I know mm-hmm. you had mentioned um, one thing I'm going to do is, is I'm going to arrange to have this episode come out on Father's Day, um, you know, here in the States. And um, because you had mentioned that this was one that your dad had worked on. Um, that he had passed away just a few months ago. And I know every single one of us on the podcast, you know, we've mentioned at different times, you know, Dennis's dad passed away a while ago and he's got a lot of memories of watching movies with his dad. My dad passed away about, I think it's like seven years ago now. And I vividly remember so many times watching movies with him. Um, You've got kind of a next level thing going on because not only did you watch this with your dad, but your dad worked on this movie and yeah. and appears in this movie. So just tell yeah. me tell me a little bit about your history with it's a mad 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 yeah. mad world. Uh, he he worked in Paramount Studios in the, I think late fifties early early sixties. Um, so a lot of programs like Bewitched, The Monkeys was another big one that he worked on. Um, he had a lot of nice things to say, but most important, the lead singer of the Monkeys, he, he didn't make, he didn't <laughs> have much time with him. Yeah. But uh, I, like so many movies, but as I was saying to you before, like I, I grew up in the 80s, I loved the 80s movies. Phillips in the 60s and 50s, I kind of scoffed at, you know? Yeah. Someone would get shot in the Westerns that he worked on and he couldn't even see blood. I'd be thinking that's silly, I can tell he's yeah. not been shot. Or, but it's a mad, 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 mad world was the one where he very, very briefly uh, appeared on. And it was when the fire hydrant, all the money had fallen down and then the fire hydrant sat going, crazy and it came down towards street level nearly 
and it just panned in a lot of people. So that one of them was my father. He was they, they had a lot of set workers uh, come in and, and help. But he he worked on the movie and uh, that was the one. I, like I was saying, he 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 was the one he was most proud of to work on because it was just a, such a plethora of stars. You know, saying you know, there were so many to even me as a kid was like, I know him, I know him, I know him, I know him. It's geez, they were all in this one movie together, you know. Um, and I think that was the one that he was real. Yeah, I I worked on that. You know, I had a part in that and um. Yeah, so that was the one he'd make us sit down and watch. And that was the one, the only one out of all the movies that he worked on. It's, it's, I used to actually enjoy the monkeys and Bewitched, but all the movies he worked on, he would say, oh, I worked on this one. I had no real time for him because he were old. And I was like, that's oh, crap. Or, you know, I can tell all that's fake. But it's a mad, 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 mad world was the one that I was, that he was the most proud of that I was more in tune and watching to say that movie was a bit, kind of ahead of its time, uh, a kind of a cross-country trek where everything goes wrong. And, yeah. um it was genuinely a funny, funny movie, you know? So it was a nice trip down memory lane to watch it again. Um, I watched it the day before I shoot to come on the podcast before I got caught up in the bar. Um, and I love watching it again. Genuinely, there were so many parts of it that um, I just laughed and, and a lot of kind of sentimental things came back, parts that he found very funny. And, um, you know, there's just so many little things. It was a part, you know, and, uh, you know, I was sorry to hear, but I know when Dennison mentioned in the podcast with his father, yeah, and um, I was like, oh gee, because I, I listened to it the day you sent it to me. I actually listened because I had a drive to Dublin that day, and I was like, I was quite good. I didn't get to go on to speak because when Dennis referenced how he had an emotional attachment to it because of his father, yeah, it's exactly the same for me, you know. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, I'm actually in. I'm going to LA now in less than two weeks. Oh, nice. And um, just worked out nice. Um, it's more the stepdaughter is man and the friends. So thought after COVID, let's do a good holiday. We've had two years of being locked in, and yeah. So often, and then that, what it pans in for me is I can go to Paramount Studios to see where my father used to work. So I booked in to do the tour. Nice. In two time. So, um, yeah, they did say on the thing, is there any special occasion when I was booking? And it is common just to say, my father used to work here in the 60s. So I, I want to see where he used to work. So oh, maybe that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. So no, and thanks a million for doing it. I really, I genuinely really enjoyed the, the recording. I was just, um, but I, I genuinely got I couldn't be in on it for sure. Yeah, we can talk now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did you? So you mentioned. Uh, well, first of all, I I have never gotten to go, and I, I still would love to go sometime. Um, when I was ten years old, I remember telling my parents, "I'm like, I don't want anything." I mean, we were living in um, Dallas, Texas at the time. And as a 10-year-old, I'm like, I don't want anything for my birthday. I want to go to Los Angeles. And my parents were like, why the heck do you want to go to Los Angeles? And I said, I don't know. I just want to see movie stuff. Like, yeah. I just, that's all I want for my birthday. And they're like, yeah. that's that's a big thing for a 10th birthday. I don't think we're doing that. So I've yeah. never, I mean, I've been to California several times. I've never got a chance to go to L.A. I would yeah. love to go and do, like, some of those studio yeah. tours. And I, you've got yeah. a much you got a much stronger connection to it than I do, you know, for the family yeah, but connection. Still, but but it's, it's sentimental as well. Like, you know, I'm sure you as a kid, there'd be so many movies. Yeah. And, you know, you go to Universal where Back to the Future was filmed. You get to see the square where the clock is, all that sort of stuff. So I have that booked as well. Yeah, nice. But no, I get it. Like, especially now, it'd be nice for you to go. I think there's a... Uh, you do you tie into all parts of your childhood into movies that were out at that time and yeah. you know when I listen to you in the podcast he's reminisce a lot about you know you have a connection with certain movies you'll remember nearly things about your childhood around about the time yeah. that that movie came out some of you I remember for the first time you've seen a movie I remember this happened to me friend I'm after school and he did this I'm thinking how did I remember that but I kind of have similar memories myself you do you tie it in so I, I'll have a most roller coaster when I go to not just for Paramount but just yeah. other movies to see where Back to the Future because they are massive parts of our childhood aren't they they're yeah. you know, 
just uh yeah so i'm actually one of the big things i'm gonna do um well i'm hoping to do john candy is buried in uh, carver city cemetery holy cross cemetery in uh, los angeles so I didn't realize that, and I, 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 when I, when I, when I found out, I, thought, I might actually just pay his grave a visit because he, he's my favorite actor since I was a kid. I absolutely adore oh, yeah. him, and I still do. I, re- I read a great book on him called uh, "Looking for Candy" or "Searching for Candy." And I haven't read a book in years because you know yourself, John. Like you know, you, I rarely read books. There's so much internet, there's so much stuff to distract me now. A job, a bar on top, and kids, and take this one to boxing training, this one to GA training. Yep. So I have no time. But I, this book, I actually sat for two days and just read. And it was just—it's basically a book of John Candy was one of the nicest human beings. Basically, that's yeah. may as well have been the the title. It was just how much of a good guy he was, and how much of a, he really stood out in Hollywood because he was so approachable and all these kind of stories and people used to work with him. And um, so yeah, so I think I'm going to visit his grave when I'm there. Just take an Uber out, right. just quickly. It won't take the kids because or, or they, they won't be interested in going to a grave. You yeah, know? Right. <laughs> they know where. Yeah, just uh, so that that for me is another thing I want to go. It's just to pay me homage to him because he, he was a big part of my childhood. Planes, yeah. trains, and automobiles. Uncle Buck. Yeah. No, that's so. So you wanting to go there? I identify with that. Even now, I'd say if you ever get a chance. But you, you're from Chicago, so all the great '80s John Hughes movies. You, I think you yeah. you were saying you know where the B and B the the yeah. hotel and motel. I have the I have the benefit of like we were we were driving down the street. Actually, my kids, both of my kids, are playing uh, yeah. baseball right now, and there was a, a park that has these batting cages where they can go and practice their batting. Yeah, and um, so I was taking them there. I think it was maybe last Sunday, and we happened to drive past. I mean, it, it's in Northbrook, Illinois, which is where so much mm-hmm. of the John Hughes stuff is. And you know, we drove past Shermer Road, and I was telling the kids, I was like, "Yeah, his, you know, his the the town in all of his movies is Shermer, Illinois, and it's Shermer High School, and it's yeah." And and the kids are sitting there going, "Yeah, thanks, nerd dad." You know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't need to know all this information, but I'm like, no, you know, yeah. remember when when we watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off? There was this, and there was this, and there was so yeah. I mean, that's I have the benefit of living in an yeah. area where I can just like oh. drive past some of these yeah. places every day, and yeah, yeah. I, I think I said to you before when I was stuck in I was stuck in Chicago for one night. I was coming back in Colorado, and yeah. um, the little stepson was going to play for the schoolboys for Tyrone and Gaelic football, and so I needed to get back, and I, I couldn't. It was just there was tornadoes in Ohio or something. Our plane had to go around, and yeah. there was no time. The bloody uh, the plane had too much fuel. We had to sit in the runway while he the pilot revved the engine. The plane was too. I thought this is like something out of a movie where I'm trying to get home and I can't and just stupid things like tornadoes. And uh-huh. I, thought, I remember texting the other half, my future wife now and get married next year, just to say like, I'm on the effing plane. And there's the rat to put them literally sitting here for the last half hour and he's, he's trying to burn it fuel so we can take off. It's like, this is like something out of a film. I literally can't get home, you know? Yeah. I ended up missing my flight and I got caught in Chicago. And if I had it, I only thought about it when I was on the way home and I was like, I could have went to see the home alone house, got an Uber out and see it. Because yeah. honestly, that's sad. If I'd have thought of it at the time, I'd have got an Uber. Yeah. And, and, you know, and uh, but I had to stay overnight and I just kind of was bored. But if I'd have thought of it, I went, you know, that sort of stuff I love to yeah. see, you know, you know. You were, you, were, you, were stuck in your, you were stuck in your own personal planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, honestly, it really was. And it wasn't funny, though. That was the thing no, at the yeah. time. I was, just, I was going, I mean, next flight was 9 o'clock the next day, and another day drinking in the hotel. I think I was quite drunk going home. Yeah. And just, uh, it was uh, horrible, horrible. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to ask you some questions about, you know, about mm-hmm. this movie, about Mad, 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 Mad World, and um, 
I was just curious, you know, some of the stuff you said that your your dad worked on set pieces and things like yeah. that. Um, I was curious because we, this is one of the scenes, I know you listened to our recording for it. Um, yeah. One of the scenes that we all absolutely loved is when Lenny, when Jonathan Winters is just tearing through the uh, the gas station, the petrol station. And, oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. just ripping yeah, he, everything he up. Notes, yeah. did, did your dad work on anything that got destroyed? Oh, not sure. No, no, no. okay, okay. I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, we, we like when I he's eighty. He was eighty eight. I'm forty two. So yeah. he he's old. And he, like for the last ten years, he he couldn't talk. He had a he had a vessel go in his brain, so yeah. he was paralyzed. So he was gone for ten years before he actually went. Yeah. I heard so many stories off him in bars when I used to go out just two was drinking Guinness for a few hours, and yeah. he used to tell the same story ten times over. I just used to honestly switch off, and I'd be like. Yeah. He's telling these old stories again. I've heard this, and I just—I uh, feel so bad now. He's passed away, saying, "Why did I not listen to him more?" Because now it would give me right arm to hear the stories, you know. Yeah. Um. He probably did, but more so. Yeah, when we were having, but again, I'd be drinking as well. But yeah. no, I honestly don't remember that particular story. Yeah. He used to go on a lot how he liked certain people who was nice who wasn't nice, and he I, genuinely had a, 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 an unbelievable hatred for the <laughs> for the lead singer of the monkeys. He got a fella in trouble. <laughs> on the front desk in Paramount because he didn't know who he was and he wanted to see his pass and he was like, do you know, effing know who I am and he drove through the wooden uh, barrier oh. and your man got in trouble for it on his first day, you know. So my father, hate him forever for this, you know. So them sort of stories I remember but kind yeah. of smaller stories, but he probably would have told me, he did, I know he did from when I was a kid but I wouldn't remember now. Yeah. Um, did he have a, did he have a favorite actor from this movie? Is there somebody that he met that um, he had a chance to, you know, that it was his favorite? Yeah. The, I don't know them. Mickey Rooney said it was very funny off camera. The others, I can't remember his name, but the fella who went nuts in the hardware store trying to bust his way out, letting off explosives. Oh, yeah. Was it uh, Sid Caesar? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he really liked him. Okay. Um, yeah. It's such, it's such a shame for me because I do, I, I was told everything and I just thought this old man is telling me his stories again. No, no, as a kid, you know. Um, and now I would give anything to, to listen to them again, you know, yeah. to take them in. So yeah. we've got pictures of the fire hydrant in the house. Um, you know, we took personal pictures and him kind of, kind of with a couple of the actors and things like that in the house and yeah. just quite cool stuff. Cause when I was a kid in school, I'd be saying, Oh, my father worked in the film studios in America and Oh, it was Bewitch was on at the time in this channel called Sky One. Yeah. Um, and people would think I'm lying. So I'd bring in photos and be like, oh, he's telling the truth, you know, because <laughs> it sounded, because obviously we're from Portland. And I'm like, yeah. and my dad lived in California. He worked in the studios. He worked on this movie and that. And he'd be like, yeah, right, sure did. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, not, not, not kind of, he probably did actually, but it would have been 30 years ago and I would have put him and listened to him. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, that's what, and that's one of the things that I loved. I think I mentioned this when, when Dennis and Pat and I were talking is that one of the things I loved about this movie is, and this was the first time I had seen it, was just how much of it, this is like a, a love letter to like that entire era of mm. comedians and TV stars. Yep. And it's just, you know, because a lot of these people, like I I know them from later TV shows and, and, and later stuff. Like I know, um, you know, Sid Caesar in particular, like I, I loved him in yep. some of the later things I've seen. Um, I've, I've mentioned before there was a show here in the States in the 90s called Mad About You. Um, with Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt, and he showed up in a couple of different episodes as like one of their older uncles, um, and was yeah. hilarious. There's this whole yeah. um, episode where he does where he's he's showing up to a family funeral, and he's just he gives a speech at the funeral, and he's just hilarious. Yeah. Um, so you know, I know 
Sid Caesar and, and Spencer Tracy and Milton Burl from a couple of other things, but just to see them all, this was like a, like a dream team um, yeah. of, of all these actors. And then just the little tiny cameos of Jerry Lewis running over the police captain's hat in the middle of the street yeah. or the three stooges yeah, just yeah. showing up and standing there. And, yeah. and I, I was, my dad and I were such big three stooges fans that just, just to see uh, them on course. screen for like five yeah. seconds, I was like, that's, that's perfect. They don't even have to say anything. They're just yeah. on screen and I love it. And yeah. Yeah. It is crazy how they got so many people, so many big actors all in the one movie at the same time. It, it's just because for someone like me in the eighties to know it, even for me to know them all, to even see, to say, I know him, I know him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember looking at coverage about it. It was a big deal at the time that the movie, I remember just kind of YouTube and it as well. It's because it got me thinking about it when I knew you were doing a podcast yeah. on it. So and it was a really, really big deal at the time that all these stars were appearing together. And it, it was a hit as well, so it did well. You made $9 million, which is nothing now, but back in the days, it was actually a lot of money, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so which, for you, is there, uh, this is this is probably a tough question because it's, it's probably impossible to answer. Is there something about this movie that you, you can point to one thing and say, this is why I love this movie. This is this is what really works for me with this movie. Um just all the things that would go wrong. It's so funny. Um, although you know something's going to go wrong in a scene, when it does, it just it is inherently funny. Um, just all the the slapstick. I don't, I'm not really into slapstick comedy for some reason. This movie it works, you know. Yeah. And that, that's the thing I just like is you know something's going to go wrong around the corner for someone else, and when it does, it's still funny. Even though you know it's coming, there's something nothing ever is going to. You just know the the whole shtick of this movie is things go wrong, and you know things aren't going to go to plan. And when it does, it's still funny. You still even though you know something's going to go wrong, when it does happen, it's very, very funny, you know? Well, um, so that's, that's what I was... I, was yeah, I, just, I laughed a lot watching it. It was great, you know? Yeah. I, I was a little bit nervous starting to watch it for the first time because I'm like, okay, I, I like a little bit of slap, slapstick now and yeah. then. But the the version I watched, I think, was like the three-hour version of the movie. Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah, you did, yeah. Ah, I'm like, three hours of slapstick. Yeah. I, I don't know about this. But it was. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like three yeah. hours. No, I didn't. Yeah. It was brilliant. I really enjoyed watching it again, I have to say. And yeah. funny enough, my other half, um, f- my fiance, uh, she initially didn't watch it at the start and she was kind of, I don't want to watch an old movie like I would have been as a kid. Yeah. And then when she started watching it, that was it. Absolutely hooked and laughed yeah. and said, Jesus, this is a great thing. I said, no, my mind was only a set work. He wasn't exactly director or something. Yeah. But she was like, no, this is something to be really proud of. This movie is fantastic. I was like, well, this is why he was so proud. And when we were kids, he'd be like, grabbed here right is I watching this movie I want to tell you and then we get a running commentary again I didn't listen and I wish I did I have more to tell you but um yeah it is it genuinely is it's a brilliant film do you remember um because I know you said you, you'd watch this with your dad and, and he would mm. just laugh at all the different parts um yeah did he have a a like a particular favorite scene was like there one in particular uh, oh I remember yeah the fella from Shards and Bilko when when okay. the, when the oh, was it was a him it was an English fella in it and um it's just the scene where he gets called and, and limey something. It, it, limey was a, a, yeah. a, a American slang word. No one here knows it for yeah. English people. So <laughs> him being Irish and so when the English fella got denigrated, that was a he being convulsed yeah. laughing. Um, I think it was this fellow from Sergeant Bilko said it to him. I can't remember who said it to the English, not a posh English dude. And he gets called a limey so-and-so or something. But uh, yeah. I just I always remember that he would burst out laughing. He loved that scene when the English fella uh, <laughs> got it in the neck, you know. So I asked for something from the show a lot. And when he said, so when I heard that, I almost felt like crying. That was the I got emotional because I was like, if he was here, he'd be peeing himself. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, is there a, is that for you, is there a, a cameo? Is there a celebrity that shows up in this movie that is your favorite? 
Three Stooges, same as you. Three Stooges, Loved okay. it. Kids, yeah, <laughs> genuinely. I, I, yeah. I, that used to be on TV as well. I had Channel 4, I still remember the channel. That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. When I seen them, I was like, "That's just I used to love them as well." So, yeah, yeah that's, same that's not my. So, so here's a here's a side question, not related yeah. to this movie. But um, what's your uh, what's your favorite combination of Three Stooges? Because when I was watching this, I I knew that obviously he's not going to be there because yeah. this is years later and he's not alive. Yeah, yeah. But the original, well, the Curly I know, um, you know, Curly, um, yeah. is uh, Mo Larry and Curly. Those are the three. Yeah. So Curly Joe and some of those, I I like them, but not quite as much. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'd get into Shemp a little bit, but uh, do you have a favorite combination of Stooges? No, I, I'll be honest. It was that long since I ever seen it. Yeah, I wouldn't remember to be honest. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, like, uh, I always remember as a kid, people were going to be Curly and Moe in school, but I, uh, what was favorite? I wouldn't know. To me, it was just yeah. three Stooges. So I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah, because it was that long ago. That's something from my childhood. Now that's Channel Four in the in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those those yeah. are always like whenever I can find. Oh, because we used to watch my my dad and I. Actually, our whole family. We used to watch the Three Stooges. I mean, pretty regularly. I think we had a couple yeah. of VHS tapes of like the best yeah. of the Three Stooges, and you know, it was always like the the disorder in the court, or the uh, there was one. There was the haunted house that yeah. they were in, or the the one I always loved was when they were the plumbers, and yeah. uh, Curly would get himself like trapped in the hole. He'd put the pipes together trying to burn, yeah. trying to stop the leak, and then he'd like trap himself in a in a web of pipes, and um, you know, just I, so yeah. many so many great episodes of. I think it's it, that's one of the older shows that did it. like I remember that as a kid like a lot of people that when they you know when you go out, you're playing sports down the streets and you would say oh just you know it's one of the few things from the older days that and the, the old Adams family that transcended into the 80s and 90s when I was a kid that I knew my friends actually enjoy it most of the older stuff you know kids you know like like my stepkids now look back at my movies from my day in the 80s and I try and sit down to say look at this and they're like that's the worst special effects we've ever seen. Was, you know, you need to, but you can ignore that in the eighties. There were good special effects in the eighties, you know. Yeah. Um, so when they say Uncle Buck, they absolutely loved Uncle Buck. That made my year, yeah. you know. <laughs> they like this, you know. So the streets still just that, and say the Adams family would have been the older shows that kids my age in the eighties would have and nineties yeah. would have. Been. I have a, I have a pretty good track record showing my kids movies that I loved growing up. The only one so far that yeah. I think they haven't liked was Spaceballs. And I was, oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh, I love, yeah. I love Spaceballs, and, but the, yeah. everybody's watching the movie, and nobody's laughing except for me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. man, this is the one that just nobody else <laughs> nobody else yeah. seems to enjoy, but that's all right. I'll, I'll keep that one of my stuff. Flight of Navigator as well was one as well. Oh, that was yeah. It. yeah, it's a brilliant movie, isn't it? It's yeah. such a good uh, – so they, 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 the kids love that. That and Uncle Buck, so many others, I'm like, isn't this not brilliant? And they're like, no, this is – yeah. Just crap, get it off, you know. So you just it's like it's like my father with me, probably going, How can you not like this western? And right. it's like they're getting shot and all blood, you know. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to get strategic now because my son is he's fourteen, he's about to be fifteen. And so now there's a bunch of other movies that I can watch mm-hmm. with him that I couldn't watch with him before. And we just did last night, we actually just did our uh, Patreon recording for The Godfather. Oh and, yeah. And I'm sitting watching the Godfather because I, I had uh, two weeks ago I had COVID, so I was at home, I was in oh. bed the the entire time yeah. I, you know I'm, i i couldn't really even move i, I couldn't get up out of my chair so yeah. um i'm just watching a bunch of movies downstairs i have a, a little projector set up and i had a yeah. screen set up and i ended up watching through all three of the godfather movies uh back to back and i'm watching Jeez. them and i'm going i think my son would like this now i'm like i, I want to be strategic about it because yeah. there's a couple of different movies that i'm like i know i really enjoy these i think he would too but i also don't want to take him and have him be like that was a stupid movie 
Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, want you, I want you to enjoy this because it's great. And I, so I want to show yeah. him. I want to show him the Godfather, and then um, what's the other one that's coming out um, for the 40th anniversary? There, uh, one of our local theaters is going to redo yeah. the thing. Oh, brilliant! And so I'm like, oh, the thing. Oh, yeah. Like he loves. Yeah. He loved the Alien movies when I showed him those. Um, you know, I th- I think he's watched the Terminator movies now. And I'm like the thing. You haven't seen the thing yeah. yet. We we need to go. Kurt Russell, the thing. Especially if it's in the cinema. Yeah, I, I love um I love that one. So the cinema brings out say Home Alone. Getting to yeah. I took the kids because it was 30 years ago. I think I said that story last time. I just got I got a bus on my own six miles away. I was only ten. I was like I have to see that film. I need to see it. It was yeah. in, my birthday's in December, so I had a few pounds and you know for. Your birthday and everything else, but um, I think it's nice though as well. You have that connection with your kid that you're uh, like when your time is passing, your kids are you know older and they're looking, but they'll have so many things relating to you to movies. Oh, you know, yeah. it's gonna be your thing. Um, they'll they'll have all these nice memories of you. Kind of the same. Got, we go to cinema all the time. Absolutely love it. And you know, I make a big thing out of movie nights in the house, and it's the yeah. same. It's a circle of life. I think the yeah. cinema is the one thing that from when I was a kid that I absolutely loved. That kids today still love. Yeah, and um, even though they have TV and Netflix and sixty-inch TVs and things like that, they still want to go to cinema. If I ever say to them, "Going to go to cinema to watch this," we could have it on the TV. They'll be still, yeah, yeah cinema, cinema. Yeah. The whole thing, yeah. getting the popcorn, and that's transcended into their yeah. childhoods. I think that's brilliant. That's the one thing I think that survived yeah. that technology. You know, modern gadgets and it hasn't ruined is the is the cinema. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Well, that was the one thing that was kind of funny about reading up on this movie. Uh, Madman, Mad, Mad World was that it was with the with the advent of TV. Like a lot of people had not been going to the theater because they could just watch stuff at home. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. was the like big event, like blockbuster movie that was trying to bring everybody back yeah. to the theaters. And it's funny to watch that now and think that like that a lot of our theaters near us are having to do that now because there's not as yeah. many people are going to the theater because, yeah. because of COVID yeah. because it's so expensive. Um, and so, you know, you see things like, well, Top Gun Maverick that just came out, um, is, is, has been huge. And, you know, of course now all the theaters have the, the, the really cushiony seats. They've got the, you know, you can have food brought to your, (laughs) brought to your seat by a waiter and like all this crazy Mm -hmm. stuff. And and like, it's, it's kind of funny to see back in the early sixties, they were worried about theaters dying in 2022. We're worried about theaters dying. And so we're doing all this stuff to bring people back in and. But I'm 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 with you. I'm I hope that the movie yeah. theater is something that does not ever. I think away. it will. Yeah, yeah. I like a lot of them now. You're right. I've seen that in Ireland for the first time in a cinema where people are getting pizza delivered. I find that really awful. Yeah. I don't like that new thing. <laughs> it's like no, you can, that's just for show. Just get your pizza and bring yeah. it in. You know. Yeah. And um, I find that awful. You see a waiter coming into this. You know, looking for this press seat. That's. I hope that doesn't survive. But everything from the popcorn to the snacks, the VIP chairs. I'm sure that's big in America. You know, the flip out yeah. chairs and stuff and. Um, I think that's a good addition. Um, I don't think yeah. the cinema leopard I genuinely no, I, don't. I, I think hope, I hope over not. COVID, um, when COVID kind of ended and it was very few blockbusters, so there was really poor selection of movies. A lot yeah. of cartoons were coming out. Um, so we didn't go for a long time. There was nothing to go on much. Now you have Jurassic Park, yeah. Maverick, and I see uh, Lightyear is out today, so we'll be yeah. going next week again. It's You just can't beat it, can't you? Know? I, yeah. I don't know if we had that as a kid. We used to have bored popcorn. That seems to be gone. Yeah. Um, did you have that as a kid in America, bored popcorn? Was that an Irish thing? I think it was an Irish thing. 
Yeah, definitely. What it was, one of our local cinemas, someone sued because uh, it it's obviously warm or something. Yeah. Obviously, just warmed themselves, and that was it. Now it's gone. No, the one person and the usual, which is a very American ending for something. Someone yeah. sued, and now the yeah. cinema won't do it anymore. You know. Yeah, that was my my first surprise actually when we moved over to England, um, and we I don't know if it was might have been in London itself. We might have gone into the city to go see a movie, and it was the first time we went to go see a movie. Um, and and I don't know if I don't know if you do the same thing in Ireland or not, but mm. we went, and of course we're the American family. We're going to the movie. We got to get our drinks. We got to get our popcorn, and we get our popcorn. And I, I take a, a first bite of the popcorn, and I have to spit it out because I'm like, what is on this popcorn? Yeah, they they put sugar on it. No, oh the sweet popcorn. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like I'm like what yeah, is that? Popcorn is supposed to have popcorn is. is Popcorn, butter, and salt. That's all it needs. Yeah, that's Don't it. mess yeah, with yeah. it. <laughs> I'm like, these British yeah. these British people are crazy putting oh, sugar on their We get that as well, yeah. Oh. Never such a no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 one other difference as well, um, I, you'll know, you, li- you lived in the UK, so it's yeah. pretty much the same in Ireland. But people were cheered. And when I went to the, the cinema in the States, because I've been to the States loads of times, and my brother lives in Kentucky, and I'm going there in October. But we're putting my father's ashes in a little place in Pennsylvania, and then I'm going to Kentucky in October. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, the people cheered and then clap, and you don't get that in Ireland. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter what's happening in the cinema, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in America, I was like, already clapping and for, and yeah. you know, um, yeah, like cheered and clapping at the end of the movie, giving an ovation. Went see Lincoln, you know, with Danny Day Lewis, oh, they're yeah. all and clapping. I thought, what's going on here, you know? Yeah. But it just shows that there's different, small differences everywhere. Yeah, yeah. None. you don't get that. You know, you yeah. all sit and watch the movie, and then we go. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I don't, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I know oh, you're, yeah. kind of, you're at the end of your day. Um, but is there anything else, anything else you would want people to know if if somebody had not seen this movie yet? What would you What would you tell them? Um, I'll just say, don't look at the year it was made. It genuinely is funny. It transcends uh, the modern day, um, and it's long, but it goes in fast. And there's a lots of laughs. And yeah, it was a movie that probably said, they tried to, to to push to save the cinema. I think. Um, and I'm proud that my father was involved and I'm proud that he was so proud to be proud <laughs> and that he, he made us watch it when he did because I wouldn't watch it on my own because I've been put up by the earth it was made in. Um, it was ahead of its time and yeah, no, I would say anyone that hasn't watched it, I would say definitely go and take, don't get put off by the earth it was made in or, you know, I'm delighted that you liked it as well because I know I've recommended a few movies and yeah. everyone recommended some. Someone on the panel has not seen it and they really enjoyed it and um I remember seeing on Twitter like uh, Bruce's millions. You put as your top three Richard Pryor, and I was like, "Oh, brilliant! Oh, yeah. You like, you know? <laughs> yeah." Or John Candy, sorry. Um, so no, just uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, definitely go and watch. And I'll look forward to getting the permit now in two weeks. And I'm, I'm gonna uh, hopefully there's something of it still there because it was a big movie at the time. Hopefully there's yeah. something relating to that movie in the tour. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I realized I, I asked you about your uh, dad's favorite scene. Do you mm-hmm. have a favorite scene in this movie? Uh, I genuinely love the part where the chap is stu- him and his uh, wife are stuck in the hardware store, just him going demented, doing everything. We've all got that angry and mad where we're like doing irrational things where you won't listen to the voice of reason. You're just like, no, I'm getting out of here or whatever the situation is. Yeah. Uh, we go, I just found that very funny. Yeah. That's and my father really liked him as a person as well. I remember I mentioned that. So it made, knowing that my father had a warm spot for him, made me find him funnier, I think, yeah. you know, as boys toward. I just found that scene hilarious how he was just literally. <laughs> ready to take on the world to get out of this bloody hardware yeah. storing it you know? and, and setting off all the explosives all the fireworks yeah and the- explosives <laughs> and the wife is obviously the voice of reason you can't he's uh-huh. like you know like a, you just see red and that's it the red mist has come down and there's no there's no going back yeah yeah 
Awesome. Well, Patrick, thank you so much. Thank you. For, yeah. First of all, thank you for recommending oh, this you. movie and um, just glad we got a chance to to watch it and glad I got a chance to talk to you about it too. And, um, and I think that's, you know, as, as you've heard us say on the podcast several times, I think a lot of us, we have, you know, this is, this is one of those special ones for you because yeah. it was, you, know, you and your dad. And, and I think a lot of us have said over and over again, you know, Pat, yeah. Bo, Dennis, all of us, you know, have said mm-hmm. at different times that just, it's that's one of the things we've just so vividly remember. Um, So I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we could do this, you know, contribute to, you know, some of your memories of your father and, and have, have this recording uh, talking about this kind of be another tribute to him and, and, you know, your memories of enjoying this movie with him. So um, I'm so glad I got a chance to talk to you and, and yeah, you always, always have fun hearing stories about those really, really mean, yeah, really means a lot to me. Um, just, yeah, I only lost him back there in February and it was, you know, you know you're, you've been through it, so it's a bit of a kick and it makes you yeah. kind of reflect on things like this. So I was delighted when I kind of threw the idea that you um, that you took it on. It means a lot and thanks a lot to Dennis and Pat. Um, really good I didn't get to chat to Dennis as well when he referenced his own father because I know the film has a bit of a meaning for him as well. I'm delighted to hear that as well. So that, yeah. that was really actually great. I was driving along just listening thinking, oh, Jesus, that, that's brilliant, you know? Yeah, yeah. But thank you to him and yourself and Pat. I enjoyed it as well. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And we'll we'll get you back on again uh, yeah. sometime and, and get the whole group together. So Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to it. Yeah, all right. Thank you so much. Thanks, sir. You can find us at 30podcast.com. That is our website. Um, you can find all of our previous episodes on there. We're at 30podcast on most of the social medias, whether you're looking on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all those different places. What we got coming up next in the month of June, uh, continuing on with our man month or the man show. Uh, our Patreon is going to be the Godfather from 1972. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber, uh, head on over there and any amount of support that you throw over there each month really, really helps out the show. But you also get some bonus content over there as well. And there's some more stuff coming on down the road. Uh, some more surprises coming for our Patreon co-executive producers. Our next episode is going to be uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Nick Holloway, played by Chevy Chase, is an average businessman who undergoes an extraordinary change when an experiment gone awry turns him invisible. Government operative David Jenkins, played by Sam Neill, discovers Nick in his see-through condition at the scene of an accident and arranges for him to be taken into custody, but he escapes. As Nick tries to find out more about his strange situation, he receives aid from Alice Monroe, played by Daryl Hannah, a pretty acquaintance who helps him avoid capture. Um, have you guys seen that one? I, have, I, I can't remember it. So I'm going to definitely have to watch that before because I don't remember that one. I want New to one for Pat. Part of it. Maybe I've seen it, okay. but I don't remember it all. No. I, I saw it. At least, my dad was always a big Chevy Chase yeah. fan. So I, I've seen it at least once. Like I remember watching it um, many, many, many years ago, but I have not seen it. I have not seen it since then. Which makes so. me a little bit worried because I'm thinking, same here. My dad was a Chevy Chase fan. We were all Chevy Chase fans. And, you know, so the fact that I can't remember it makes me a little bit concerned. But, okay. yeah. I'm not too worried. I would have been 11 at the time. So, I, and I barely remember what I did last I was week, so. 38 at the time. So, okay. That's what I figured. <laughs> all right. Everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. Go watch, hopefully, you watched it before you listened, but uh, go watch It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. 
And then let us know. Yeah, hit us up on social media. Send us an email, voicemail, whatever. Um, let us know how you liked it because we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Trust us on this. If you didn't like it, you know, whatever. Send a send a comment, and we'll uh, we'll pay you for your time that you lost. If you feel sure, but I think you're gonna just attach your comments to a PlayStation Five. There you go. Send it to the podcast. We'll. And Dennis has volunteered to pay for it if you didn't like it. Now, if you liked it, we'll also take donations too. So, that's that's also true. You get donations or five star <laughs> reviews on iTunes. All right, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next time for Memoirs of an Invisible Man.